I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast Nine of Three Quarters topic of the week is The Unanswered Questions. Hey there listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Ria. And this one is going to be a little bit crazy. We're going to try and answer every single question that we didn't get a chance to answer during the series. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to move a bit quickly here because <laughs> we've got a lot to say. <laughs> the premise of this one is we're going to like lightning round style attempt to answer all the questions we never got the chance to address on the show. So mm-hmm. those are topics that we promised that we would eventually return to that we like brought up in episode or ideas for episodes that we pitched to each other way back when we came up for the premise of the show in 2017. Yeah. We might have, we've probably, we've definitely referenced it on the show before that we had a big Google Doc full of questions that we wanted to answer. So yeah. I went through that. <laughs> From that Google Doc, we had 582 questions that we wrote down as like original episode ideas way back in 2017. Mm-hmm. I went through that list and culled out all of the questions that we had already answered or addressed. There were 266 of that. So we covered yeah. almost half of our original questions and topics since we've yeah. started this podcast. <laughs> so theoretically, we could have kept this going for another four to six years, <laughs> just on yeah. what we originally pitched in 2017, which is great. Hmm. I also... Uh, I also... Anyone who's been here since our Potter Reflections episode way back in January would remember that I said I was going to go back and listen to our entire back catalogue and flag (laughs) every single time we said we were going to talk about something in a future episode. (laughs) So I did that. I listened to everything that we recorded before this year because this is our final year and we stopped promising that we were going to do future topics because we knew that we weren't going to have time for that. Listen to all those episodes and 85 times we promised we were going to come back to an episode. <laughs> uh, Hooray. But to be I'll, fair, I rarely do that. You do that a lot. I do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. I cannot be fucked to go back to things that I say. <laughs> but to our credit, of those 85 things we said we were going to talk about, we did talk about 32 of them. Look, yeah. There yeah. You go. We either did entire episodes addressing questions that we discovered while we were recording or we just like answered and addressed it quickly, briefly, and something else we were talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. so I thought we would start with those promised episodes and see okay. if we can see if we've just learned enough over the years that we think we can answer these off the top of our head. No research. Let's just try. <laughs> okay, quickly before we begin, um, I, maybe we should just say like a few words of um, you know grief and mourning for the loss of the queen. Um, ah! <laughs> <laughs> fuck no <laughs> no 
Supper team has never seen it. Let's go. No, we're not doing that. You fucking blindsided me with that. We don't have time, Jem. There's so many questions. I just had to get that joke out. I've been, I've been waiting. <laughs> oh, God. Shut up. Okay, promised episodes. So our very first ever promised episode was I promised that we would do an entire episode on how to pronounce the spells, particularly Avada Kavada, because I don't know how to pronounce any of the spells. <laughs> we never did that. We never learned. It's Avada Kedavra, right? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> All right. Next up, single floats we promised that we would do. Okay. Deanmas, Grindledore, Harry and Cho, Harry and Luna, and Rowry. All right, Rari. let's go through those. Deanmas? Yeah, they go. Hang on, real quick. <laughs> okay. Let's, like, each of us do one sink and one float argument for each pair. Okay, sure. Um, yeah. So Deanmas. Deanmas, uh, float, they're clearly gay. Um, they're clearly, <laughs> like, besties that fall in love. Yeah, float, BFFs, they are always with each other constantly, never apart, whatever. Yeah. It's great. Sink, uh, look, I got nothing. I, I really got no, no problem with them being together. <laughs> uh, Sink, Dean was with Ginny briefly, maybe he's not gay, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Grindledore. Bisexuality exists. Sink or Floats are great series. <laughs> Grindledore. Uh, Sink, I don't care about these two crusty old dudes. <laughs> uh, Sink, it appears to be a toxic, abusive relationship on the surface. That too. Uh, float. Yeah. Um... Enemies to lovers, baby. Yeah. I love it. Give me more. Sure, why not? <laughs> friends to enemies to... No, friends to lovers enemies to enemies. to friends? Yeah, perfect. Somewhere. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um what's the next one harry and Cho. okay uh sink wrong place wrong time <laughs> um yeah float sink that was depressing and boring to read uh float i think you know they have a cute couple of things in common sure mm-hmm. why not <laughs> <laughs> float it's very entertaining watching harry try and shoot a shot with someone who's out of his league yeah true <laughs> Considering he's the most special boy in the that's world. That's true. That's true. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Harry and Luna. Fucking OTP for me. I think in canon, Harry should have ended up with Luna. I love Harry and Luna. Yeah. Float. I love... Uh, I think Luna would be quite a peaceful and calming force in his life. And I think yes. Harry would bring a lot of, um, you know, bring you down to earth sometimes, but also still being encouraging mm-hmm. and like being able to give her a laugh yeah. and a fun time. I think that'd be a good combo for them. I got to do a second one because I love Harry and Luna. So sure. much. <laughs> her attitude towards death, her weirdness making her a reject from society, meaning she doesn't care about social status, uh, her just acceptance towards Harry and everything that happens and her willingness to be there for him. Fuck yeah. Harry and Luna forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sinking them. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have a sync argument. I love them. Yeah, I don't have a sync <laughs> argument beyond, I guess, Ginny would be annoying about it her whole life. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it doesn't happen in canon is the best I can come up with. I would need more time. Yeah. <laughs> Rari, float, best friends forever. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love Rari. Lads on tour. They love spending time with each other. Yeah. Harry, Harry's best friend ever is Ron. He loves him so much. Yeah. Hells yeah. Um, sync... <laughs> I think um, they'd probably fight a lot, mm-hmm. but look, that's fine. Like, I think if they make up at the end of the day, it's fine. <laughs> uh, Sink, it sucks for Ron to have to spend his entire life yeah. as, like, the hanger-on for the boy who lived. That's, and also yeah. Hermione, where she 
in all this. Yeah, actually, it would suck for Ron. Ron gets a bit jealous sometimes, so yeah. Mm. Yeah. But they would get over it as adults. Yeah, true. Un- unbreakable partnership of love. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's the question. It's so weird that Cho and Harry make out for the first time while Cho is crying for a dead boyfriend. Mm. That's the question. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, my, my response to that is, it really do be like that. Trauma sucks. Yeah. Being a teenager is the worst. Um, this is very accurate. <laughs> yeah, JK wrote this in a really weird way. Yeah. We wanted to do an episode on Dean Thomas and more about his backstory. I think particularly the fact that he was muggle-born and, like, his mum lied about it to his dad or something. Or not muggle-born, half-blood. No, what happened there is he's not sure if he's muggle-born or half-blood because his dad abandoned his mum. Right, I'm thinking of Seamus Finnegan. And a lot of people are very upset about that because it's a racial stereotype. Yes. Like, one of the only black characters has a deadbeat dad who loved him. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, would have been good to talk about that in more detail. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was the best parental figure for Harry? What other parental figure would you like him to have? Oh, that's good. Um, I think definitely Mr. and Mrs. Weasley. Yeah. Um, Molly for the mothers is absolutely for the win. And then Hagrid for the fathers? Yeah, I was going to say Hagrid as well. Sirius stands out, but I think he's more of a cool uncle slash older brother type than a father, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hagrid, best dad. Yeah. In terms of other parental figures, would you want him to have? I don't know. Somebody with their head screwed on would be good. <laughs> somebody who can teach him how to manage his finances and yes, um, you know, buy a house and buy a car. Not that he needs a car, but you like, you know, someone that can teach him the slow those life basics. Yeah, maybe even a muggle as well, because mm-hmm. like he still has a foot in that world. Someone who can teach him how to, you know, have a foot in that world and a foot in the wizarding world. Like yeah. a motherborn or a half blood would be ideal, but. Yeah. There's a very good fic that I've mentioned before called something like, Oh God, not again. I'll look up the exact title of it and say it in the end notes, uh, where Harry basically goes back in time and relives his entire life. And yeah, yeah. yeah it's great. It's a very great fic. It's a parody crack fic, whatever. <laughs> Gilderoy Lockhart ends up being a mentor to Harry in that fic. And he learns a lot about how to manage being a celebrity and like financial mm. management and stuff. And that yeah. is great and very funny. I like yeah. that. Somebody to help him manage his celebrity is what Harry really needs because nobody yeah. does that for him. That's what we had with Neville with Nan. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. Harry does need that. Yeah. We had a lot of ideas about like, how would you raise Harry? What should have happened with raising Harry? Like all that sort of stuff, which got funneled into Neville chosen one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to do an episode on Lily and Petunia's relationship. Yeah. I think yeah. we've touched on it a couple of times. Like, obviously... My take is just, I find it very sad, but very interesting Mm -hmm. to explore their relationship. And um, yeah, I'm always here to, I I always really enjoy deep dives into sisterhood and bond between women. Like it's, it's always peak. It's always great. Yeah. I think we really wanted to read up on everything that happened with them, not in canon, but like in the extra Mm. material, like what happened with their weddings and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Was Crookshanks the Potter's cat? Yes, 100% he was. <laughs> You've said no in the past, so you're flip-flopping. <laughs> <laughs> yep, catch me flip-flopping. <laughs> Could Voldemort have turned out fine if he'd been raised in a loving environment? No. Uh, I think JK has said yes, but I would also lean towards no. Mm-hmm. Mm. We would have to do more research. Yeah. Is, Mrs. Oh, is Miss Fig a good or bad person in brackets, did nothing to protect Harry from child abuse. 
Yeah, this is a big one. Um, I think she's a good person, but she's a powerless person. Yeah, her powerlessness being a squib, yeah, really factors into this in a way that is very important. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think she could have done more, but also, like, she... <laughs> She's a victim of circumstance in a lot of ways. Yeah. Dumbledore is the one who should have stepped in, not yes. this big. It's not on her. <laughs> An episode on Fudge and what the hell he was thinking. How much did he actually know about what was going on around him? So do you think he was in denial about everything and like knew what was up or that he was just clueless? I think he was in denial. Yeah, I think he was more switched on than he tends to be, and he was deliberately misinterpreting things. He was very, very afraid, very paranoid, Mm -hmm. um, and he just went straight into denial and was very fidgety. Yeah. (laughs) If we could make a character for this universe, what would they be like? I think we wanted to just do a self-insert episode as a hypothetical, but, like, realistically, every single episode where we insert ourselves into the narrative as, like, immortal beings who witness everything or as conspiracy theorist Hogwarts students, like, every yeah. time we've done it, it's been great and perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, would like to see more Mogabon Slytherins. Yeah. Uh, masculine villains and feminine heroes that was going to be to round out our series that we've done comparing representation in the book series and fantastic beast movies we just sort of lost interest in that because the fantastic beast movies kept getting worse i think we did a bit on feminine heroes because we talked about feminism in harry potter and we talked about all our main characters so we did a big deep dive into hermione and mrs weasley and luna Mm -hmm. and every like good female character as well as all the bad female characters so yeah. I think we, we've talked about that, but masculine villains might have been interesting to talk about. Yeah. Because um, we've talked about the villains a lot, but not like specifically in terms of representation of their maleness or whatever mm, that we were talking mm. about with our masculine heroes and feminine villains. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Uh, guy, a different species that integrated themselves into humanity. You yeah. apparently have a theory about this that we never had time to talk about. That's the theory. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> 100%. I mean, we've established before that wizard like like breeding most differently in this universe like mm-hmm. you know like fleur delacour is not barren she comes from a lineage that has vila and wizard crossover mm-hmm. and she can have children and she's a child herself <laughs> like you know <laughs> i'm not explaining that very well but yeah human yeah. human and non-human species interbreeding is something that exists and happens in the magical world and something that we have discussed briefly and tangentially but would have been very cool to explore on a deeper level I 100% think men and Morphogai are just a different kind of branch of magical being in the way that giants yeah. are just big, tall, magical creatures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Men and Morphogai are just sort of like shape-shifting magical creatures, magical beings. And yeah, yeah they just... Like a changeling or a doppelganger kind of species yeah. that just just integrated themselves into humanity to the point at which we now just think of them as humans with abilities, not as non-humans. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Time turners, how do they work? Would have been very cool to do a deep dive into the mechanics of time turners. I think we've talked a bit about it in brief. Like, you know, we talked about yeah. it in our Cursed Child episodes. We've talked about it in how they're represented in that play and how it's wrong and how time travel works and how time magic works. We've, we've brought it up a couple of times. So we know we've done a lot work. of things. We know we know enough, but like our episodes, like how does love magic work? How does magic work? Like it, there's a lot of things that would have been cool to do a whole episode just in this one specific thing. Yeah. Along that lines, we want an episode on Gamps Law. I think we've talked about Gamps Law enough. Yeah, you can do anything with magic except blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Except blah, blah, blah. Dark creatures, what makes a creature dark? 
societal perception (laughs) yeah it's the same as dark magic it's about what you do with it not what it is i don't think creatures are inherently dark but they are and like (laughs) well no because creatures that are inherently dark are just ones that are like harmful towards humans like an acromantula is inherently dark Mm -hmm. but apparently you can have a good relationship with an Mm acromantula hagrid and aragog did that for years it's just that they eat people yeah and we're like that's evil yeah because we're people (laughs) yeah it's it's not evil from a spider's point of view (laughs) yeah exactly so yeah societal perception sort of comes down to we wanted to do like we did an episode unpacking dementors we wanted to do another one on bogarts Specifically, the teacher ethics of Bogarts in class, Mrs. Weasley's fucked up Bogart Oof. death montage, yeah. and the Pennywise problem. What's the Pennywise which problem? Which is so the Pennywise problem is a reference to Stephen King's It, which oh, is a creature okay. that a shape shifting fear creature basically that hunts children. Sure. And the reason why Pennywise hunts children is because children have really concrete, tangible mm-hmm. fears. Yeah, you can become a mummy or a werewolf or whatever, sure. or a big clown in the sewer and scare children. Sure, but adults' fears are much more intangible and hard to represent. Like Mrs. Weasley is afraid of losing her loved ones. Harry is afraid of fear itself. Mm-hmm. Things like that. Yeah, so the idea of, like, representing fear and exploring what your own fears are, that's something that we want to talk about in more depth. I think, um, like, that's touched on in the Fantastic Beasts sequel, where it's like, we see that, um, what's her fucking name? Letitia? Lita. Lita Lestrange. <laughs> Lita. <laughs> Lita Lestrange sees a uh, Bogart representation, which is just, like, a piece of cloth and water. And, like, that means nothing to no one. But we, mm-hmm. she knows what it means, and we know what it yeah. means. It's like the fear and her guilt of what she did. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, I think it's just abstract interpretation. It can just adapt. Yeah. yeah. I think there's enough to spin this out into a whole episode talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> Was Stan Shunpike really a Death Eater? Yeah. No. Alt-right pipeline, <laughs> there's enough <baby>. evidence. <laughs> There's enough evidence that he wasn't, that he was under the Imperious Curse, as I imagine not all, but many of Voldemort's followers were. Oh, look. <laughs> Maybe I'm just willing to believe that any dude can just go down the alt-right pipeline in seconds. <laughs> so <laughs> I absolutely believe that as well. And it doesn't work as a perfect analogy for the real world. But Death Eaters have the ability to literally mind control people. And part mm-hmm. of the fear of Voldemort is that somebody that you know and have known your entire life and trust could just be like brainwashed away from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I and mean, never it's know a magical trust. universe. Sure. Yeah. It's all a metaphor There's anyway. Enough. <laughs> There's enough here to spin out to an episode. It's all a metaphor uh, the, right pipeline anyway. Whatever. <laughs> the Gargoyle Strike of 1911. What the fuck are gargoyles? Why do they go on strike? Are they going on strike for being statues? What, what are they doing? Maybe they guard things. Like, you know. Maybe? Like, gargoyles are, like, put on castle, cast, like, castles and cathedrals and, and stuff. Cathedrals to, like, you know, they're meant to look imposing and stuff. Maybe mm. they're meant to guard and you know, protect things. Yeah, I think that I think gargoyles are meant to scare away evil spirits or something. Mm-hmm. That could be wrong. <laughs> Would have been cool to research this. Velas, what are velar abilities and how do they work? Mm. Sexy. Yeah. That's their ability. Sexy. <laughs> sexy. Cool. <laughs> Hot girl. Hot girl abilities. <laughs> Discuss. Yeah. An episode on one law. What are wands? How are they made? How do they work? Yeah. Would have been cool to do a lot of the research and spin this out and see what <laughs> insane discoveries we make as we always do. Wizards and their approach to healthcare. Do magical diseases only affect magical people and creatures? Mm. We've talked about this a lot, but specifically like the representation of disability Mm -hmm. in the magical world would have been cool to do an episode on. Mm -hmm. 
Along the same lines, sex and magic, do magic contraceptives exist? How traditional is wizarding society in relation to sex and relationships? Mm-hmm. Are abortions legal? Why is it a thing that Dumbledore's brother fucks goats? <laughs> There's a lot to talk about here. All evidence to this points to that the wizarding world is stuck in the Middle Ages. I don't think you can get a magical abortion. I don't think there's magical contraceptives. Yeah. Um, bit grim. Yeah. Uh, but then the other side, here it is. Wizard magical interbreeding, entire episode in species relationships. How does Hagrid exist? How was he conceived? Half-breeds, Vila, elf, giant, etc. Yeah. Are there other possibilities? Um the political and ethical implications of wizards infiltrating the highest levels of the Muggle government. That's one that I would have really liked to hear your thoughts on. <laughs> I think we've talked about, we've touched on it before. We've touched on it. Um, it's come up in a recent episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's fucked. It's, it's yeah. fucked up. <laughs> ethical and societal implications of wizards tampering with Muggles' memories. Oh. Yeah, we've touched on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh. An entire episode on the Quidditch World Cup, specifically the Muggle safety procedures and logistics of running a massive magical event like this in a Muggle space. Yeah, I've touched on that too. It's absolutely insane and terrible. Insane that they did, that they did it that way. It just shows that the Wizarding World has no infrastructure f- yeah. to support things like this because they're hidden away in little pocket worlds. Yeah. Uh, an episode on Hogwarts teachers convincing Muggleborns and their parents that magic is real and then taking their children away to a magic school. And how fucked that entire situation is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would have loved to do something from the perspective of muggle parents being like, give us your children. <laughs> yeah. It's very like, dodgy. A magic man comes to your house and says, I'm going to take your child away and teach them to be a wizard. Like, okay, get out. <laughs> yeah. Why are wizards so bad at solving their problems with magic? Why are wizards so dumb? The arrogance that comes from having reality-altering power from childhood, and also the meta-implications of the fact that most spells were invented as they were needed to solve plot holes. Mm-hmm. So there's it creates more plot holes by the fact that, well, if these spells existed the whole time, why weren't they using them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> like the fact that the train exists and then port keys come around later like well yeah. port keys should solve this but it's like apparition. oh no but the, the children get sick from port keys like the insane flip-flopping of having to explain everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah very good to do a whole episode on that news and journalism journalism in the wizarding world mm-hmm. we've talked about this who is Rita Skeeter what qualifications did you have the wizarding world as a surveillance state mm. there's so many instances of like an insane level of magical surveillance happening yeah that's that's actually a really interesting one <laughs> yeah like all just... the way back to early book one with the insane amount of letters following yeah. harry all over the country the letters what the fuck are insane but even just think about the marauders map like mm. like that was just a bunch of kids made that on a whim Imagine doing that for the Ministry of Magic. Like, but yeah. like having a professional wizard who's like great at charms, work, and enchantments, making something like that for Gringotts Bank. Or like, mm-hmm. it's fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine doing that for somebody's home. Mm-hmm. Mapping out somebody's private home and then using that hominem, whatever charm. Hominem Revelio. Hominem Revelio. And then you just have a permanent, constantly updating map of their movements. It's very scary from like a family domestic violence perspective. Very yeah. scary. It's so easy to stalk somebody in the Wizarding World. Yep. Like, it's easy to do a lot of things to people in the Wizarding World, but stalking and surveillance is something that would have been cool to spell out in more detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, how close is the surveillance of Harry Well is at the Dursleys? Like, does Dumbledore know what he's doing all the time every day, or does he barely check in on him for those first ten years? I think he just sort of barely checks in, like, 
Yeah, like, like he's checking once every an eye couple on of things. weeks. Like he'll just sort of pop in, see if there's anything that's going on. But he's a busy man. Yeah, I think um, even every couple of weeks is too much. He's the head of the UN. Yeah, <laughs> and hell. and Supreme Court of oh, England or whatever. Don't remind me. <laughs> How safe is Hogwarts really? Not at all. Not at all. That was an insane comment that Hagrid made. <laughs> <laughs> he's just wrong. <laughs> How forbidden is the forest? Why is there a dangerous forest on the grounds? <laughs> Perfect question. It's not at all forbidden. There's not even a fence around it. <laughs> you can just walk in there. Their classes are in there. I really just think um, the forbidden forest was always there and Hogwarts was built after or next maybe... to it. Yeah. There is a theory that I put forward to myself once where it's like, the forest was put there as because castles are built to keep people out. Yeah, as a defensible keep. That's what I was about to say. The founders put it next yeah. to the forest so muggles can't get to the castle. Yeah, yeah, muggles can't get to it. Like centaurs live in this area. It's harder for them to gallop around in a forest. Like I don't know. I just think that there's definitely a defensive quality to that forest. Mm, I think so. Why does the role of the Hogwarts caretaker exist? Because house elves. Why is it a squib? Because the previous caretaker was rancorous carp and he was a wizard. Institutional discrimination. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> like, is the caretaker supposed to be managing the house elves? That would make sense, I guess. Maybe. It seems like the house elves are really just used for, like, cooking and cleaning inside cleaning. the dormitories. Like, all the classrooms and hallways and shit. That's Filch's responsibility. But the house elves go up into the children's room. So I guess the implication here is that the caretaker is not trusted in the children's private areas, which is there's very also, disturbing. There's also evidence that as recently as Filch's tenure, punishment of the children was part of the role of the caretaker. Yeah. Chain you up by your thumbs in the dungeons. Yeah. It's troubling. <laughs> what is the caretaker? <laughs> Interesting. Did anyone walk Fluffy, who was taking care of this dog? <laughs> Same questions for the troll, also protecting the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, someone should have been walking Fluffy. Like, a dog needs a daily walk, and that's like a normal-sized mm. dog. Fluffy's massive. Like... I think that being a Cerebus, I've said this before, part of Fluffy's biology is that he is a guardian. He's like a gargoyle-type right. creature. I don't think yeah. he needs... I think you can just put him in a chamber and leave him there and he survives off of guarding things. Yeah, just like Cerebus, I suppose. Yeah. The troll, as for the, tr- as for the troll, that's a living, <laughs> breathing person and I don't think anyone was bringing him food or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Why did it take Sirius 12 years to escape Azkaban? Depression, baby. Mm. He didn't have motivation to leave. It's mental illness, in it. Yeah. Why does Harry have to compete in the tournament? What does a binding magical contract actually mean? <laughs> Would love to see if JK spun some bullshit about why that actually can't be questioned because it's airtight. Isn't it like in the Harry Potter <laughs> sequel or whatever, they're like, oh, it's a binding magical contract. Like if Harry were to go against it, his entire past and history and future would be rewritten or something. He would disintegrate <laughs> into the space-time continuum or something like that. That sounds like the kind of thing JK would say, so I believe it in a parody. Uh, an episode on the blast ended Scruits or Scroots or whatever the fuck they were, whatever was happening there. Very cool that Hagrid was like illegally interbreeding creatures and then made his children raise them. Fuck yeah, that was great. We didn't talk about that enough. Yeah. It's so crazy that Barty Crouch Jr. stayed in disguise as Moody for an entire year. What was wrong with this man? He's just an actor, you know? <laughs> 
We've also said it before that Moody is the perfect person to be in disguise as because mm. he's so crazy and paranoid. You can explain away a lot of shit about him. What an but absolute... it's wild that nobody caught it. Yeah, what an absolute roast. Like, imagine <laughs> being Moody after that year. It's like, yeah, wow, mm. I'm really that predictable that it's easy to manifest. It's easy to, like, take my identity. Like, yeah. That's so embarrassing. I, <laughs> I know. I love the irony of a man who has spent spent his entire life hunting dark wizards to the point at which that all of his mannerisms designed to keep him safe made it easier to yeah. take his life. Like, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Hubris, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I'm just better than that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even better than the gods. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the similarities between Charles Xavier's School for Gifted Youngsters and Hogwarts School for Witchcraft and Wizardry. We wanted to do a whole episode comparing Professor X and Professor Dumbledore, but I think other podcasts have beaten us to that. Yeah. It's not original content anymore. The years have passed. Yeah. Uh, religious influences in the books. Would have been cool to research that. We've we touched wanted on to it do... a couple of times, yeah. Yeah. We've touched on it, but I don't know enough to actually talk about it in an educated kind of way, so we never actually researched it properly. Mm-hmm. We were planning on doing follow-up episodes for our queer episodes, diving into more specific areas of the topic and responding to the feedback that we've gotten. Right. Would have been cool. Uh, we've talked about this a lot, but a whole episode on Nagini in terms of representation of women and race, yeah. recontextualizing her experience, her appearance in the original series based on what happens to her in the movies. We wanted to do that after the series finished. Yeah, it's really troubling whenever I remember that Nagini was a woman. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's really it's... troubling. It's, yeah, we, it's bad. We don't need to address it anymore unless we're going to do a whole episode on it, which we won't have time for. Absolutely not, no. Grindelwald's plan in the Fantastic Beast movies doesn't make sense. No. Nah. Would have been very <laughs> cool to spin out each of the five supposed movies and be like, okay, here's where he started, here's where he ended. What were his goals? Does any of it actually track? Because definitely his plan in the first movie makes no fucking sense and he goes about it in a way that's insane yes bonkers it truly nuts what was he trying to do (laughs) why anyway (laughs) i don't remember the second movie as well but i think that it was also crazy yeah i really don't remember like the first movie he he was trying to get credence or whatever to use him yeah he was trying to get an obscurus why was he there himself send his followers i know you don't need to be doing this yeah i think in second movie his plan is I've seen a vision of the future and the Muggles are going to do a World War Two. so we need to take over the world and prevent kill or subjugate all the Muggles to prevent them from doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do our own atrocities to prevent other tro- atrocities. Yeah. Well done. He's a genius. <laughs> they really could have just not written it like this. Like, I know. Like, what a choice to bring in the world, the politics and intricacies of World War Two. Stop. Just, because... This is already a metaphor for World War Two. Like, it's just wizarding World War Two. You don't need to get the muggle shit involved. You can just use the themes the and symbolism. World War II. Like, you don't need to... Because <laughs> now all our good guys are trying to make World War Two happen. <laughs> yes. You have put it into a place where Newt Scamander and Albus Dumbledore, our heroes, are like, no, actually the Holocaust is a good thing. It needs to happen. That should, that should happen. Because Grindelwald is wrong and he's trying to stop the Holocaust. World War II is the greatest loss of life that we've ever seen in history. Like, that four or five years, like, we've never seen a loss of life to that scale. And Mm. our good guys are like, yep, needs to happen. (laughs) One of the greatest tragedies of modern human society. It's living memory. Like, our grandparents were there. (laughs) 
like, not there in the middle of it, but they were alive. Kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, movies <laughs> need to stop addressing World War Two. Stop thinking that you need to make this a part of your thing. Like it would be so easy for someone to be like, "Hey, J.K., what were wizards doing World War Two? And she could have been like, "I don't know." <laughs> Or she could have been like, they were preoccupied with their own sort of mirrored version of it with Grindelwald. He was doing a wizarding World War II. But like, don't get, never the twain shall meet, okay? Don't cross them over. I'm going to come back to this in in a future episode and talk about like historical revisionism in fantasy series. When we're talking about our Australia history Mm. episode, I'm going to talk about this in a lot more detail. So just put a pin in this. I'm coming back to it. Yeah. We're not doing a whole episode, but I will come back. A uh, whole episode on Dumbledore and Grindelwald and their relationship. Sucks. Portrayal in the movies. We didn't have enough time because the movies are still coming out. We don't know. <laughs> what are the good parts of Cursed Child? Rhea reacts to seeing Cursed Child live on stage in Melbourne. We promised this many times, <laughs> but I'm not spending money on JK anymore. So we're not doing that. It just never happened. Sorry. Yeah. No. A whole episode on Snape Wives. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a time. <laughs> Fuck yes. Would have loved to do a whole episode on Snape Wives and other insane Harry Potter fandom things. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite promise episode that we never got to, is Rhea a good friend? <laughs> a, a joke episode proposed during, is Ron a good friend? No, definitely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So these are, those were all of our promised episodes. We're half an hour in. We're definitely not going to get through all of these. Okay. Here are all of the questions from our list that we first came up with in 2017 that we didn't get to. And I, I edited these down and got rid of everything that we've previously addressed, blah, blah, blah. This is a much reduced list. Okay. Questions. Are Ron and Dumbledore the same person? No. There's a whole theory that Dumbledore is Ron from the future or something like that. Yeah, okay, no. read a book. No. Stupid. No. <laughs> is Vernon Dursley a squib? No. No. You don't have to be part of something to hate it. You can hate things outside of yourself. Yeah. Did Dumbledore have a Horcrux? No. Some people think that he did, but it was disproved by the end of book seven. Mm-hmm. Are the Dursleys bad people because they were in close proximity to a Horcrux Harry for so many years? No, they were already bad. They were already bad. Read chapter one, book one. Yeah, read a book. Did Crookshanks once belong to the Potters? Oh, fuck. I already did this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Is Flitwick a spy for Gringotts? Oh, God. This is uh, a fandom theory that feels racist. Very racist. No, he's not. Uh, we were going to do two April Fool's episodes. The Rotfang Conspiracy. Is Cornelius Fudge a vampire? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and our second April Fool's episode, How Would You Ruin Voldemort Day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Look. Wish we could have done a whole episode pretending that we were in the alternate version of the future from The Cursed Child or whatever the fuck. I guess I'd ruin Voldemort Day by bringing up all the problematic shit that he's done. His, <laughs> his legacy that's actually really tainted and everyone's trying to glorify him. But, you know, he's actually done a lot of fucked up shit. And even if, like, he wasn't directly responsible for some of the fucked up shit he did, he still benefited from it. Yeah. I think I'd ruin Voldemort <laughs> Day by doing all of the pranks on Umbridge. From the books that never actually happened because this is an alternate version of the future. Yeah. Why do men keep marrying Mrs. Not? Hot. <laughs> She's hot. Doesn't matter that she killed her past six husbands. I'm different. <laughs> it's a hot girl. She does hot shit. She's girl boss. <laughs> if Aberforth hated Albus so much, why did he stay so close to him? Yeah, look. Um... Why were their lives so intertwined? They lived like a hundred meters from each other. 
wild. Mm. They were in communication the entire time. Yeah, that probably as complicated a sibling relationship as Petunia and Lily. Yeah, would have been cool <laughs> really to don't really care about deep them into that. They're men. Yeah. <laughs> they're not sisters. Sisters are the most important. Yeah, sisters before misters. Why didn't Wormtail tell Voldemort about the secret entrances into Hogwarts? Hmm, yeah, this this like is one of the only thing that people point to that maybe mm. Wormtail wasn't such a bad guy. But I like to think that maybe he was keeping it there as a secret escape plan for himself. Like Ooh, if ever every, anything if ever anything got too hairy with the Death Eaters and Voldemort, he could always easily turn into a rat and escape into Hogwarts in a way that Voldemort wouldn't be able to know where to track him. And mm. then he would be safe in Hogwarts and with Dumbledore. Yeah, um, he could hide in Hogwarts like the last great stronghold of the wizarding world, theoretically, as yeah. a rat and just go back to his previous be a rat for 12 years plan. Yeah. Hmm. That's a very good idea. I like that. Asked and answered. <laughs> what does Hagrid have in his pockets on a day-to-day basis? Because he's got like live mouse and live mice and shit in there. Well, if he has live mice, he has to have cheese. Yeah. Um, mice. <laughs> um, he's got least. money to pay the uh, money to pay the owl a whole cake. All kinds. He's got of an owl in there, doesn't he? As well. Or... No, the owl comes to the window. This is all the way oh, back okay. in book one. Whole cake is great. Mm. there's um, a ton of stuff he's got in there <laughs> bunch of cutlery i assume cockery he's the keeper you know. of the keys so he's definitely got all the hogwarts keys yeah. also funny yeah. that there's keys to hogwarts <laughs> lock up on your way out he's probably got everything ready for a picnic at a moment's notice I like yeah to think, you know. various creature treats definitely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. why is hagrid so loyal to dumbledore why does dumbledore trust hagrid does dumbledore really trust hagrid would have been cool to do a deep dive into their relationship <laughs> yeah mm. How essential is Harry Potter to Harry Potter? Could we tell the entire story without him? (laughs) I mean, we did, but we did it sort of not. We did it by replacing him. Yeah, but I think he is pretty essential. Like, he he has a lot of plot armor and he's essential Mm -hmm. to the plot. Like, you know. Yeah. So, like, let's say baby Harry defeats Voldemort and then immediately rolls onto his stomach and suffocates or whatever it is that babies (laughs) do. What happens in the series then? Like, I think eventually Voldemort comes back and destroys everything, right? Sooner. Yeah, yeah much sooner. Mm. <laughs> well, it's grim. Grim. Why is Harry so oblivious? Because it's impossible to write the series of him being really switched on and paying attention to everything and mm-hmm. without being a much better writer than JK is. Yeah, these are mystery books for children, but it's not like, you know, what's one of Ag- Agatha Christie's Perot? Perot? <laughs> Or whatever, or like or, yeah, yeah, it's Marple. It's, yeah, Marple, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like the detective telling the story. <laughs> it's yeah. it's just a random bystander who's also involved in all the events at all times. So, yeah. If Harry was really switched on and a, a Hermione type who noticed everything and made a, asked a lot of questions, J.K. would have had to put a lot more effort into Thought. her world building and explaining yes. things a lot more thoroughly than she did, and she just doesn't have the ability to do that. The entire world would crumble around it, around also, her, if she was trying to do that. He's our entry point, you know. Yeah, like it's a, it's a book child. It's a sorry, it's a book series for children. Yeah, most children aren't that intelligent. Also, he's entering a new world. It's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, yeah. Leave him alone. He's, he asks some questions. He's got a lot on his plate. Okay. <laughs> like also, remember he was raised in an environment where he's not allowed to ask questions. Exactly. Abused. Like, you know, he, the curiosity was beaten out of him quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> There's lots of reasons why Harry's oblivious. 
Why doesn't Harry ever buy new glasses? Because he doesn't have any adults who take care of him, okay? He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He barely gets access to his money. I know. <laughs> Healthcare is so low on his list of priorities. Uh, is Dumbledore bad at his job? Yes, in many yes. regards. What did Dumbledore really see in the mirror of Erised? Ariana. I think like a whole safe family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not being yeah. burdened by his own mistakes, I think. Yeah, probably seeing like Aberforth and Ariana like happily living together and um, himself like visiting them and stuff like that. That's sort of yeah. vibe. Who broke Dumbledore's nose? Gotta be Aberforth, Aberforth. right? Yeah. That's canonical. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> he punches him at the funeral. Oh, good. Right. Did yeah. Dumbledore invent the put outer? If so, why? When did he change the name to Deluminator? <laughs> yes, he invented it. He invented it because he could. He's just <laughs> one of those dudes, and it changed the name because J.K. Rowling realized that "put outer" has very different connotations. <laughs> <laughs> he is the slot lighter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, is "put out" like common slang in England? I don't to, know. Like, maybe it's not. And then an American audience read that and was like, "Whoa." <laughs> <laughs> I think he invented all of the weird little contraptions he's got in his office. This is what he does all day. He just tinkers around with stuff. Yeah. Why does Dumbledore have a scar of the London Underground? How did he get it? (laughs) Surely he carved that into his own leg, right? Yeah. You don't accidentally get a scar of a map. Option A, he's lying. Yeah. (laughs) Option B. (laughs) Always a valid option. Option B, he got lost on the London Underground once and then, like, picked up a map and, like, used some sort of enchantment to, like, burn it onto his upper thigh. Uh, I spent For easy my summer... access. Like, wouldn't you put it on your arm, my dude? Wouldn't you just keep the map? Because, like, he's always wearing robes, I guess. So, yeah, it is easier access. Now I think about it, he can just, like, slip up his robes to look at his upper thigh and have a peek at the map. Like, uh, McGonagall spends her summer holidays like making out with her wife or whatever. Dumbledore spends his lost in the sewers. <laughs> oh, a classic. <laughs> Gotta make sure this never happens again. Burn it into my skin. <laughs> what did Voldemort write in his diary? Dear diary, why do I look like an egg? <laughs> <laughs> like, is he pouring out all of his deepest, darker secrets into it? It's definitely like, imagine the first page is like, my evil plan. And there's like little hearts around it. And like a little picture of him as like, with like a crown on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, step one, make seven horcruxes. <laughs> so that's sort of fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, is he pouring all of his deepest, darkest secrets into this diary? Or is it like 12 p.m. potions class? Like, I don't think it's just a, like a planner, like a day planner, because why would he then put a piece of his soul in it? It's like his dream journal. It's like yeah. his manifestation journal. I reckon he's putting all of his... His inspo board. His hopes, his hopes and desires. It's a hope journal. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. Fantastic yeah. that our most evil person ever had a diary where he wrote down all of his secrets. Fuck yeah. Board. You know, inspo. Yeah. Is Charlie Weasley asexual? Yes. yes. Why don't the Weasleys panic when Harry gets lost in the flu network? You know, they've got seven kids. <laughs> What's one happened, more? This has probably happened before. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a worry because, you know, it's Harry and he's very important, but we'll find him eventually. It's a small yeah. world, you know. People often point to 
uh, the Weasleys go shopping when Harry's lost in the flu network as like a sign of their incompetence <laughs> or whatever. I think it's it has some very interesting world building implications for the size of the wizarding world, the attitude towards accidental magic and children. And like the reason they go shopping is because they assume that he will be safe and he will be returned to them very, very yeah. quickly. Yeah. And it's interesting when you spin that out to the larger world and what's the actual implications of that. Is it mm-hmm. common to get lost in the flu network? Probably. Probably very common. Yeah. Like, imagine being a little kid, like, before you've even learnt magic, and you're raised in a magical home, and you find some cool green powder and throw mm-hmm. it in the fire, and then, like, like Daddy does when he goes to work. You just climb, climb into yeah. the fire. You end up in the Ministry of Magic six times a day. Like, it's just... Yeah. <laughs> like, How many times when we were little kids did we, like pick up our, I don't know, fucking stuffed toy or whatever and be like, I'm going to school or I'm going to work. Because you just mimic the people around you and then walk out of the house and down the street and our parents have to be like, no. (laughs) I'm running away from home when you like pack your dolls in a sweater and and then you just go away. Yeah. Kids do that kind of shit all the time. I wonder how common of an occurrence it is to be like just fucking chilling in your home and then the flu flares up and a kid steps out like oh this isn't Diagon Alley and then you as an adult just have to deal with that I think that's just a thing that happens yeah anyway also you could you could justify as they go shopping because they knew he said Diagon Alley which is close enough to Diagon Alley so he might end up in one of those adjacent fireplaces in Diagon Alley and they he were might right end up in one of the shops yeah they were right so they probably went there being like okay we'll just go there we'll start our shopping and either we'll run into him in fucking Barnes and Noble yeah or <laughs> like you know he'll get sent to Diagon Alley we'll meet up somewhere like yeah yeah. It's weird that he ended up in Nocton Alley. Also, Nocton Alley is a place. That's a thing as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why was Charlie cool with illegally smuggling a dragon? Because he's a because cool he's guy. Cool. <laughs> and fuck the government. <laughs> That's objectively cool crimes are good to do. Yeah. And you should do them. Yeah. Nobody no crime maker. I'll just let you know. <laughs> you should do cool crimes. Yeah, especially if you're not going to get caught. <laughs> yeah. Be gay, do crimes. Yeah. It's a simple mantra. Youngest secret in a century, how difficult is flying? Really seems like it's not that difficult. But everybody else seems to struggle except for Harry. First of all, you've got to be skinny. Yeah. Uh, and you've got to be small if you're going to be a seeker because you have to be very lightweight. Uh-huh. Um, so there's that. That's already too difficult for me. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I already can't do those things. Uh, yeah. Hermione fucking sucks at flying, which to yeah. me implies that it's a kind of empathetic magic because Hermione sucks at feelings and it's anything like divination or whatever. Yeah. It's too hard yeah. for her. She can't brain her way out of it. So yeah. it's got to be, yeah, like you said, instinctive. Harry does describe it like that. Like he just knows how to lean on the broom to get the right movement and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. It's, very, it's, like it's intuitive to him. Like it, it really is like sport. Like, you know how when you're playing sport, sport in quotations <laughs> yeah like, as a child, i know how I'm... when i'm playing sport yeah <laughs> like remember being in primary school and like at lunchtime we'd be playing things like dodgeball or like you'd have to do it in school at some point mm. and there was just those people that were just so good yeah. like they would just be able to just like easily dodge and like seem like they're going one way but really they're going the other easily throw and catch like it's just it's sometimes it is this natural ability yeah. sometimes people <laughs> like, are just good at shit i'm not good at this <laughs> yeah i'm just i don't have that skill <laughs> Does wand length correlate to dick length? Yes. It correlates to height? Does height correlate to dick length? I don't know. Yes. So yes, then. Cool. (laughs) Did Harry's wand choose him because of Voldemort's soul? I think yes. I think, yeah, it's it's a pretty strong coincidence. Yeah. So yeah. The combined wand cause? Yeah, it's gotta be. This is like, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, Voldemort light, I'll take this guy. It's sad that that's the truth, but it is. Yeah. 
maybe it would have been cool for Harry to realize that and then get his own wand at the end of the series, being like, "I'm finally free of Voldemort." Hmm. Yeah, that yeah. that happens in movie verse. I've decided. Mm-hmm. Should Polyjuice potion be illegal? Yes. Yeah. Why sure. isn't it? <laughs> Why don't wizards live their entire lives on Felix Felicius? Because that would be fucked up. <laughs> yeah, because it you makes you. Giddy. You'd yeah, die. <laughs> it makes you overconfident and happy. It's like being on heroin all the time. If heroin also yeah. made you really lucky, <laughs> like sounds fun, but better not. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's too risky. Also, it's illegal in certain circumstances. Yeah, you probably like chase a butterfly off a cliff or something. Yeah. Why slash how can witches and wizards still do magic if they have polyjuiced into a muggle? Because it's not isn't changed their biology, doesn't it? Is it? What is it? What does a polyjuice potion do if not rewrite your cellular structure? <laughs> then, well, we've argued before that emotion, magic is emotions. Yeah, like it doesn't change your soul and emotions and your personality and your memories. It just yeah. changes your biology. So, yep, it checks cool. out. Cool. So there is nothing physical about a wizard that makes them different. No, it's but not then... in their physical blood. It's not in their physical. The, the magic doesn't come from their cells. It but comes they're from more their durable emotions. But yeah, they're more that's... durable. That's just because of magic, then. Maybe and they live longer. A different species. <laughs> I just think we just maybe don't they're know. a different species. We just don't know. <laughs> Is a remember all a useful item? No. No. Because it doesn't tell you what you forgot. Yeah, exactly. Is a it's like setting an alarm item? and then no. It's like setting an alarm and then labeling it alarm. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and then sometimes an alarm goes off and you're like, oh, fuck. What was that for? <laughs> Should have labelled that one. Yeah. That would have been real smart of past me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad I put my sticky a sticky note on my shoes. Was I supposed to fix my shoes or bring my shoes somewhere? Why did I do this? Yeah. <laughs> Does a chess set break every time you use it? Yeah, and then it repairs itself. Okay. <laughs> Magic. Is legimency illegal? Should it be? Should be. It's not. Yeah. No, but it should be. <laughs> Why are Thestrals used to pull the Hogwarts carriages? Because horse and carriage, baby, keep up. Magic horse, magic carriage, done. Yeah, got a great sense of direction. They're quiet. They're trustworthy. Not, good they're around not like children. Not going to bite them. You know. <laughs> yeah. They're fine. Why do Furziers take boats to the castle for their dramatic reveal? Dramatic effect, a hundred percent. Also to and slow also, them down, so all the other yeah. students can get in there. <laughs> all the other students need to get in there. They need to get the hat ready. They need to get everything sorted and ready mm-hmm. for the children to come in. Yeah. Also, so the students, the first year students, don't get lost. They're being taken there yes. by Hagrid in a way that would be hard for them to wander off and get eaten in the forest by a big spider. <laughs> yeah. Um, have been in the forest. We did that. Oh, hang on. I've gotten lost. Ah. Oh. What do the house elves do during the school holidays? Clean the entire castle from top to bottom? Yeah, keep cleaning, keep making, like, I wonder if maybe some staff might live there, like Filch, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it might be like... Maybe I they just fucking take be... a break. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> have <laughs> a party. They, actually, they might have other jobs that they go to, like other houses and other institutions that they go to. Like mm. Ministry of Magic, Gringotts, who knows? Yeah, visit family. I <laughs> know, uh, and I meant like work. They don't. I, I don't think they go there to rest. Oh, I okay. think they would go there to continue working during the holidays. Hmm. Is the Hogwarts castle alive slash sentient? Yep. Yeah. We've established that if something has magic in it for long enough, it starts to become a little bit alive. Hogwarts Castle has been around yeah. for what a thousand years, full of so much magic and like loose wild magic mm-hmm. as well. It's absolutely alive, and we see that in things yeah. like the staircases moving, the fact that all the statues can come to life. Yeah, yeah. Hog- 
doors disappearing yeah. and reappearing. Like Absolutely, yeah. it's alive and it's sentient and it's got a sense of humour and it likes to mess with people. It's like a big kid, definitely. Yeah. Because it's full of kid yeah. magic. How <laughs> forbidden is the forest? Not at all. They have classes there if we've done this. Why is there no <laughs> fence around the Whomping Willow? Because children can regrow limbs overnight. Who gives a shit if they get their shit knocked by a tree? Get their clocks because knocked by a tree. Then when someone messes with the Whomping Willow, you have to fix the willow, the kid, and the fence. <laughs> But if there's no fence, you just have to fix two things. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> How did the giant squid get in the lake? Hagrid? It's just the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> oh, very cool. The giant squid is the Loch Ness Monster. I love it. I could see it as Hagrid, though, like buying it. Like like someone just had it in a pint at the fucking local tavern and he just buys it and pops it in the lake. Yeah, you know. it's just a he regular like squid a... that got exposed to a shitload of magic till it became giant. Oh, that's a good one too. Like maybe someone had it for a class and then instead of dissecting it or enchanting it, they just released it in the lake and it just became bigger and bigger. Yeah. Although um, I do like the idea that it's like a proper giant squid out of the ocean that just ended up there somehow. <laughs> you know, like how somehow wizards go through wormholes when they're playing Quidditch and show up in the desert? Yeah, maybe, you know how Dumbledore's ahead of the UN? Yeah. <laughs> maybe the giant squid was one of those things that was causing enough havoc to breach the Statute of Secrecy, so he picked it up and put it in the lake at Hogwarts. Ah, it is the Loch Ness Monster. It was relocated. No way, is that, do you just Google that? Oh. No, I'm I'm building on what you're, you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it was just causing enough havoc in the muggle world, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to relocate this bad boy and keep yeah. it in my territory so I can keep an eye on it. Yeah, we're going to take it out of Loch Ness and move it here because it keeps being sighted by muggles. Yeah, and also it's like got a personality. It's like friendly, right? Isn't there a yeah. scene where it like plays with children and stuff? I don't know. Yeah, well, it pushes Dennis Creevy out That's of the right. lake when he falls in. Yeah. Uh, Harry and Hermione feed it their toast when they walk around That's the lake. Right. Yeah. Okay. And like, yeah, there's definitely a scene where like kids are playing some sort of game with it and it's like splashing them or something. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. chill. 100%. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it fights the mermaids and the mermaids fight it or something. There's like a oh, big yeah. carving in their village showing a battle with the giant squid. It must have, yeah. I definitely, yeah, I can see it then that Dumbledore put it in there and the mermaids are like, fuck, now we've got to deal with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but eventually Dumbledore, they made peace. Being the diplomat that he is, is like, oh, you know, just, just deal yeah. with it. He's fine. He's actually quite friendly, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if they were fighting it, that implies it's an invasive species mm-hmm. because they are definitely from the lake. That's their home, the yeah. mermaids. Yeah. So the squid it. was moved in at some point. Dumbledore did it. We solved it. We solved it because it's a Loch Ness monster. Cool. Yeah. What exactly is Filch's job? We've addressed this. Why does Hagrid live outside in the cold instead of inside the castle? Look, people can make the argument that the castle is not uh, accessible and equipped for a man of his size, but I disagree because we've established the castle has, you know, a, se- a sentience to it and, like, there's yeah. doors that can fit trolls and stuff like yeah. that. Much like the castle will grow an- will grow you an extra dormitory if you're non-binary and don't want to be in the girls' or boys' yeah. dormitories, yeah. it would make a bigger room for Hagrid. Like I think, it did for friends. I think maybe the argument is, is that all the teachers kind of sleep in their offices, right? Hagrid's yeah. office is the outdoors. He's the yeah. groundskeeper and the care of magical creatures teacher eventually. Mm-hmm. 
you know that's why he's, I think that's his office <laughs> yeah I think he I think part of his job is keeping an eye on shit that happens in the forest which often happens in yeah. the middle of the night yeah like I think it's important that centaurs or whatever can come and get him if they need him to be out there in the forest yeah and I imagine that there's like a room adjacent to the greenhouses where Professor Sprout sleeps and Madame Pomfrey sleeps near the hospital wing and and mm-hmm. like we know Lupin has like a bed in like his office and stuff like I think they all kind of sleep in their own areas like there's not like yeah. a staff room or a staff wing or something like that yeah, like, we know that McGonagall definitely sleeps in her office. Yeah, sorry, there is a staff room, but for like that's for day use, not for sleeping. Yeah, that's for lunch, not for bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are the teachers allowed to beat students? Umbridge's quill. Was there ever a point where they were hung from their ankles in the dungeons or transfigured into animals as a punishment? hundred. I think they used to be, but not anymore. It's, yeah, it's changed recently. They've had some changes, but I think definitely they they had capital punishment. Yeah. Yeah. Are there wizards working at King's Cross Station? Only yes. on Hogwarts days, not yes. on the rest of the year. We yeah. know this. Is it possible to be proven guilty of a crime in a world where things like Polyjuice Potion and the Imperious Curse exist? How easy is it to get away with murder and other major crimes in the Wizarding World? You've talked about Wicked this. Wicked easy. So yeah. easy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, are there a lot of unregistered Animagus? No. Oh. Of the Animagus we meet in the series, only one of them is registered. Yeah, it's true. We meet... Four unregistered Animagus and one registered. Yeah, and there's something like, what, like seven or something? Like, that are registered? Yeah, there's six registered in Britain that we know of. Yeah. And at least four that we know of that aren't. Like, numbers game, Mm, absolutely. I think there's a lot more unregistered Animagus out there than we know about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it's such a good ability to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Why is Nocton Alley allowed? Why is there, like, a place where the illegal shit happens? Look... Legalizing drugs has its benefit. <laughs> mm. It's all in one place, you know? Like, it's not happening in other spots. <laughs> but the stuff so... there is all illegal. <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, that's where you go to do, like, shady shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, maybe it I'm seems just kind stupid, of counter- like... counterintuitive, because, like, I think the cops might have set that up. <laughs> They're like, oh, here, we're going to yeah. make it a, a, a shadowy diagon alley where you can do all your shady mm. illegal stuff and and like they sort of spread the word throughout the criminal networks and all the criminals like oh cool but like they just fell for the bait man he just fell for the trap yeah well like, i'm trying to think in real life are there like streets in the city where it's like this is where all the crimes happen red light like a red light district yeah um, i mean that is a thing it just tends to grow up organically though yeah not so, not such a thing not much of a thing for australian cities so i can't really comment on it but mm. yeah i don't know it seems like it's the kind of thing that just sort of happened. Like one sort of shady business moved in there and then it got a reputation. So shady people started hanging around. Then the good businesses left and other shady businesses moved in. And mm-hmm. eventually you've just got Crime Alley. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Should Obliviate be an unforgivable curse? Yes. If not unforgivable, at least something that you have to have a license to perform. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be an Obliviator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why tell... Oh, actually, because then... Mm, but there are still cases where like wizards have to do this to muggles like when a dragon shows up at a beach or whatever and one wizarding family saves the day protocol should be that you contain that muggle or bring them to an obliviator or something like that yes i agree that you're just doing it willy-nilly yourself because you're not a professional Uh like yeah you should i wouldn't be giving someone heart surgery (laughs) Mm. fuck (laughs) yeah if a person has a heart attack next to me i'm not like well i'm the only one here so (laughs) i better deal with this (laughs) 
It's like, I better try and keep this person alive until I can get them to a heart surgeon. Yeah, literally. Like, when someone collapses, if you've been trained in CPR, you do your best to keep them alive. But the first mm-hmm. thing you do is you call an ambulance to get the paramedics yeah. on scene. Yeah, like, you do that before you even, like, do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why tell the Muggle Prime Minister about the Wizarding World? Is the Muggle Prime Minister's <laughs> life a living hell? How could wizards better liaison with the Muggle Prime Minister? <laughs> It is interesting they decide to tell the Prime Minister. Like, it could very easily just not. Yeah. Like... <laughs> imagine imagine being the only person who knows that there is a magic world full of magic people. Yeah. Cause... And not being able to tell anyone. Because you're a respected head of state. <laughs> and you can't just be like, wizards are real on live television. <laughs> yeah. Is it implied that, like, the former minister- Prime Ministers have their memories wiped? Like... No, because as he takes office, the previous prime minister is giving him a look like, dude, this fucking sucks, man. Got a Sorry. big storm coming. Yeah. So really, they would have a support group then, of former prime ministers, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Step one, you call up your predecessor or the last predecessor from your party and you're like, yeah. man, I got to talk to you. It's also like, what about in times of emergency when like, say a prime minister dies and like, like someone has to step up temporarily? Like, do they tell that mm-hmm. person or do they just wait till the next election? Like, I think they wait till the next election. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. But Very they interesting. might have to tell them because something could happen at any second in the Wizarding World, right? That like the muggles need yeah. to know about. Hey, speaking of that dead person, do you think the royal family knows about wizards? Or are they like, <laughs> no, nah, they're not really the head of state. So <laughs> why bother? I think J.K. Rowling's in Monica, so I think the implication is that the Queen knows, or the reigning monarch knows. Not the Queen anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> the King <laughs> would know. Get fucked. Gross. Imagine your mum dies and then a wizard comes out of the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a secret to tell you. George? No, Charles. Charles. <laughs> I'm like, King George? You're right. so disconnected from the news. Every single person on Earth has been talking about this. All I've been seeing is memes. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Why don't wizards use the metric system? Because JK Rowling wanted to piss off her sister. That's the canonical answer. What? <laughs> She thought it was funny and whimsical, and she told for them to use whatever it is, Imperial? Yeah. Yeah. And then she told her sister about it, and her sister, who is apparently a Petunia type, but they're on good terms, pitched a fit and is like, you cannot do that. It's terrible to do that in a book for children. Like, please, God, don't use (laughs) the Imperial system, use metric. And JK was like, it's more funny to be a huge arsehole than to be a good sister, and wrote it into the books. Yeah, look, it, it's, it's a minute it. slay. It's a minute slay, yeah. <laughs> it was literally to own her sister. And then yeah. there was some sort of... I've read this on Pottermore. There is some sort of society for reintroducing the imperial system into England and making it like the formal measurement system and like bringing it back. Mm. And they basically sent JK a letter being like, you're a hero, like you've done so much for our cause, blah, mm. blah, blah. We want you to join our society as a member. And she's like, fuck yes. <laughs> and did it. And then like gave the um, framed certificate to her sister as a gift. And her sister was like, I hate you. God. Great. It's brilliant. Uh, I'm why... the sister in this scenario. That's, that's so annoying. <laughs> Why is everything in the world seemingly named for the benefit of muggles? <laughs> Why is it called the Ministry of Magic? Why is it yeah, called the Department of the Regulation and Control of Magical Creatures? Like, just say creatures. We know. It's magic. We're wizards. Everything we do is magic. I think 
um, because all of these things were developed after the Muggles had already done it, and yeah. for the benefit of Muggleborns and Half-Bloods entering the world. They, it's nice to have that distinction, because M- Muggleborns and Half-Bloods would start entering the government, and they would start to comment on things like, oh, it's so confusing to distinguish between the ministry and the ministry, you know? Like, probably that's how it started. Is it? Is it confusing? <laughs> yeah. If I'm working in the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, how many times... Or why wouldn't you just be like, oh, you know, in the Muggle Department of Law Enforcement, blah, 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 end of <laughs> sentence. <laughs> it could also they be sh- an ego thing. They just like to constantly put magic in there because magic is mine. Yeah. They like to remind each other that they're wizards and better. Wizards should refer to everything non-magical as muggle this, not refer to everything that they own as magical this. The real answer is because the books were written for Muggles by J.K. Rowling. But, like, realistically, the wizarding world should be, like, the world and the Muggle world. Yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Could squibs be better integrated into magical society? Yes. Oh, 100%. We've talked about this. A million ways. Why were Muggles used to manage the attendance and security at the Quidditch World Cup? Because they didn't have enough wizards to do it. I just don't believe it. It's a global event. It's crazy. Find someone. Fix it. Just do it better. You didn't have to have muggles there messing with their minds or the fucking... Oh, God. Please, it's so stupid. an empty island. There's plenty of fucking empty islands around the globe. Like, fuck. <laughs> Why don't you... It's still fucked because you're messing with the local ecosystem of animals, but Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, you're not on someone's property. (laughs) The Quidditch World Cup happens every year. Why can't you just find, or maybe it's not every year, but it's often enough that they do it. Why can't you just find a place, maybe in international waters or whatever, and just build a stadium? Yeah. You don't have to do it in different countries every time. Like, just because we're wizards, just do it somewhere. (laughs) Travel. What's to stop wizards pretending to be muggle magicians? Why don't more wizards try to move amongst muggles and dominate at their professions? Because they're stupid. Statue of Secrecy, because they're stupid. The magicians thing, because it's cringe. Mm. Um, it is cringe to be a magician. E- That's don't correct. ever be a magician. Literally, like, I know it's so problematic of me to say this, but magicians should all die. <laughs> <laughs> Like, that's my most controversial take. If you're a magician, get a new job. Change careers. It's so cringe. I literally, like, you know when you're at a restaurant? My biggest fear at being in a restaurant is that there's, like, an in-house magician. Like, no. (laughs) It's happened to me at least three times. They always come over to me. I've got one of those faces. They think I'm nice. Oh, man. Yeah. I can specifically... I want to die. I can specifically remember times that I've been in public and a magician or juggler or balloon animal has come no, up no, to no. me. No, no, no. That's talent. <laughs> Clowning is talent, okay? Someone oh, who can do balloon okay. animals, juggling, that is a skill. Magicians are little cunts, all right? Their whole thing <laughs> is, I'm better than you. I tricked you. That's a difference. There's a difference between performance and fucking trickery, okay? I think you are equating magician to fucking Mark Zuckerberg or whatever his name is from <laughs> Now You See Me. <laughs> But they're the same! Like, that was an accurate portrayal. That's what magicians are like. No magician is like, the only way to do a magic trick is to be the smartest man in the room. That's the stupidest fucking thing. Any card trick is that. Have you watched any card trick before? Yes. It's up. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's the whole thing. You weren't paying enough attention, you little shit. See you in hell, you little freak. That's exactly what they sound like. Fuck magicians. (laughs) 
Give us an anti-magician space. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I I've uh, I found myself in the position of having to defend magicians, which is not something that I ever thought I would have to do. Yeah, don't. Don't defend I them. I think that anything that you have to put a ridiculous amount of effort into to be good at is kind of cool. But of those options, magician is the most cringe. It's the it's bottom of the barrel. It's below the barrel. It's in the murky water below the barrel. That said, like, I like a magician. It's, hey, do your fun little tricks. Entertain me. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. Clowning. Clowning is right yeah. there. Theatre. Anything else. Not I have tricks. infinitely more respect for clowns than I do for magicians. Yeah. Oh, That's 100%. true. That is an art form. That is a performance. <sighs> Why don't wizards help tackle global warming? It's their planet too. They don't know about it because they're too stupid. They don't know science. Are muggles treated worse by Death Eaters or by the Ministry of Magic? Ministry of Magic, dead ass. 100%. I'd rather be killed than what the Ministry of Magic does to people. Yeah. I agree. The train. It was the train for me. The train. The train. When I took that train. That was absolutely... Uh, there's a thousand more instances behavior. we could talk about. But yes, dealing the train... And then tricking their own citizens as well. Whatever. Re-listen to the episode if you want to hear that. What happened to Sirius's motorbike between the first and seventh books? Hagrid had it, right? Hagrid had it. He just kept it. He just kept it. And then he gave it to the Weasleys. No, he used it for the Seven Potters plan. And then Mr. Weasley recovered it. Yeah, I guess he was just keeping it in his vault of Gringotts because it wasn't at his heart. We would have seen it. No. He doesn't have a garage. (laughs) He wouldn't have left it in the forest because that would be bad. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it would come to life and go feral if it was left there. I guess How he kept the Gringotts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of just disappeared and then reappeared. Yeah, he probably just had it in his vault or like mm. maybe a safety deposit box he has somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. What do the students of Hogwarts think happened at the end of the first book? Naturally, the whole school knows. What do they know? <laughs> Lots of exaggerated rumours. Harry, yeah. like, beheading Quirrell and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they know Miss, They know Professor Quirrell is fucking dead. Yeah. For Kill- sure. <laughs> Harry killed him. Destroyed <laughs> they him! Know about, <laughs> they know about the chess game and the potions challenge and the devil's snare, I think. Like, yeah. they know the basics. But when it comes to that final room, like, they know that Harry killed Quirrell. And that Quirrell was trying to take the stone. I don't know if they know about Voldemort specifically. What happened is, Hermione didn't tell anyone. Ron woke up after his, like, injury and told, like, Fred and George. Or, yeah. like, something like that. Fred and George told everyone at school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, a bunch of exaggerated events as well, because they're jokesters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can Gringotts carts change speed? <laughs> Do you know what this is in reference yes. to? It's, it's something that drives me nuts. It's so <laughs> funny. In the first book, the first time Harry goes to Gringotts, Hagrid is getting sick from the carts because he hates it. And he's like, they go to one vault, vault 319 or whatever it is. They get the Philosopher's Stone and then they're going to a different vault. Oh, no, sorry. They go to Harry's vault and then they're going to the Philosopher's Stone vault. When they get back into the carts for the second trip, Hagrid is like, can we go slower? I feel sick. And Griphook is like, one speed only. And then the next line in the book is, they were moving deeper now and the cart was gaining speed. 
which is the funniest fucking thing that's ever happened because Griphook is like no we can't control the speeds of the carts they only go one speed and then he's deliberately speeding up to make Hagrid sicker because he's an awful little man sometimes customer service does that to you <laughs> sometimes when the customer at closing time is like are there any more of these like shirts in another, in another store in another location you just fake a phone call in front of the yeah. customer <laughs> You're like, no, I called everywhere and it doesn't exist. Get out of the store. (laughs) Very funny. Why did Hogwarts keep sending letters to the Dursleys for so long? Harassment. Harassment. Because they could. Because they wanted to fuck with them. Yeah. How did the Dursleys get off the island without a boat? Swam. (laughs) (laughs) Called the Coast Guard, I guess. They were there for days. Did they have a phone? Like, they didn't have a cell phone. because it's like No, 90s. they wouldn't have had cell phones. There was probably not a landline on that island. What is that island for, first of all? Yeah. Is it like a... Because it's just like a shack there. It's like a little shack on a rock. <laughs> there is a man who knows they're there. Because they okay. rented the hut from somebody. Someone knows they're there. Yeah. He, he probably yeah. just came by a week later and was like... They're all yeah. like licking, like, you know, rainwater off the walls and stuff. Yeah. So the guy, they rented the boat from someone. Like, Vernon Dursley goes off into the storm and he comes back and he's like, this gentleman is going to rent us a boat and rent us a hut or whatever. And so the next morning, Hagrid and Harry leave via the boat. That guy finds his boat back there and is like, okay, I'm going to go over to the hut and make sure they didn't trash the place and finds the three Dursleys shivering, frozen solid, (laughs) starving. He's like, hmm, more money for a trip back home. If there's a troll in the dungeon, why are the Slytherins sent to their dormitory? <laughs> Cruelty. Cruel <laughs> because fuck Slytherins. <laughs> and also because JK didn't know the dormitory was down yeah, there. She didn't establish it yet. <laughs> yeah. What happens to older students when their exams get cancelled? You know, you graduate without any, <laughs> any grades or certifications, I guess. Take a bridging what course, two- love. <laughs> yeah. One of two things happens. Either you've already done your owls or newts because they happen earlier in the year than end of year exams mm. because they're organized by the ministry. So either they aren't canceled because they're like external things done by the ministry or you just get a mark that's based on all of your previous marks throughout the year and all of your subjects. Yeah. If you graduate with no um, exams or grades, you actually become a magician. That's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote the Valentine's Day poem for Harry? Was it Ginny, Draco, or Tom Riddle? <laughs> uh, yeah, go into yourself a- about this. Because... It could have been any of the three. There's no way to know. <laughs> yeah, all three, maybe. <laughs> like one line each. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, there is a theory that Draco wrote it because of the way that he reacts afterwards and immediately tries to pin blame on it for Ginny. Like, there's a theory that he wrote it. Yeah. But I don't think 12-year-old Draco fucking did that. No chance. I could see Ginny like writing down a couple of lines in her diary and being like, oh, I'll come back to it tomorrow. And then like she comes back to it tomorrow and it's like finished. (laughs) She's like, oh, I don't remember finishing that. But then again, my memory's been really (laughs) bad lately. (laughs) I could see Tom Riddle like fucking possessing Ginny and forcing her to send the Valentines. (laughs) (laughs) What happened to Nearly Headless Nick after he saw the basilisk? How was he cured? (sighs) Yeah. Um, we just don't know. One of the greatest mysteries in the series. What the fuck happened to him? He, he died again? He became more solid. 
because yeah. that's what So that's how they cured does. him. They poured the potion down his throat. Yeah. Definitely. But like what happened to him? <laughs> he had he experienced the true death and then he was brought back again. They should have just left him. Yeah. Like, you know, being a ghost is miserable. He probably would have enjoyed experiencing the true death. Just lock him yeah. in a cupboard somewhere and don't open it. It also would have been extremely terrifying if he just died. Yeah. Like, he was just dead now. Now we have a ghost corpse in the castle. <laughs> Blow him away to an attic somewhere and leave him. Yeah. Should Hogwarts have remained open when students were being petrified? No. 100% not. Of course not. Why was it not closed down? <laughs> Why did we wait till the student died before we closed it down? What was the result of Hagrid's name being cleared? Was he legally allowed to use magic after that? No, he wasn't legally allowed to use magic, but he did it illegally. Yeah. When there's He's cool doing crimes it illegally the whole do. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are cool crimes. Mm. He should have been allowed. Like, he should have been allowed to, if not re-enroll at Hogwarts, at least, like, By learn what? magic. Yeah. And, yeah. Participate in society again. It really because seems he... like if you've ever been to Azkaban for anything... Your rights are just completely taken away, even if you were sent there by mistake. Like yeah, because like he was falsely accused. Yeah. he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, wild. Like they know he had some kind of monster, but they don't know it was an acromantula. So there's no way to charge him with like illegal possession of an acromantula or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, crazy. He should have just been like a full citizen after that. Yeah. If Myrtle spent all of her time in the bathroom that housed the entrance to the Chamber of Secrets, then why didn't she ever see the basilisk when it was petrifying people? I she spends all of her time yeah. in the U-bend, in the pipes. Yeah. So I think she actually just isn't in the bathroom itself unless there's people in there. She probably only comes out for boys too, because Ginny using the bathroom, she wouldn't come out to talk to Ginny yeah. that much. She just spends all of her time miserable and, like, lost in the dark, yeah. basically. She doesn't spend her time hanging out in the bathroom, specifically. Yeah, she might also, like, be scared. Because, like, if she heard the basilisk coming, she might might leave the U-Bend. Yeah, because it's, it might it's trigger memories. It's the thing that she, like, killed her, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, in third year, why do people bully Harry for surviving such severe trauma that reliving it makes him pass out? Cause That's kids high school, baby. That's high school. <laughs> of course. Why did no one, Lupin, Dumbledore, interfere with Sirius being sent to Azkaban originally? Lupin, because he's a second-class citizen who can't afford to call attention to himself in the government. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore, because he's a cunt. Because yeah. he was in charge of the fucking Wisgamot or whatever. <laughs> or maybe he hadn't gotten those titles at that point, but whatever. Gosh. Why wasn't the secret passage through the Shrieking Shack guarded by Dementors? At the very least, Dumbledore, Lupin, Snape, and possibly Madame Pomfrey all knew about it. And Lupin and Snape knew that Sirius knew about it. I don't think Madame Pomfrey knew about it. Um, yeah, she might have been. Because if not she did, the... she would raise a stink. She would like yeah. do something about it. But everyone else has motives to not say anything. <laughs> yeah, whoever whoever was what's Madame Pomfrey's title? Matron, the healer, matron. Whoever was matron when Lupin was a student at the school knew about it, mm. but it might not have been Madame Pomfrey. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, Dumbledore, Lupin, and Snape all knew about it. We've, We've discussed about this. that. Yeah. yeah, Lupin definitely wants to confront Sirius on his own. Yeah. Snape might have the same motivations. Yeah. And Dumbledore, Dumbledore wants to see what'll happen. <laughs> Dumbledore wants to see what'll happen. He's puppet mastering everything. Yeah. In the graveyard, why does Voldemort think that his Death Eaters will be impressed that he is better at magic than a fourteen-year-old? 
arrogance, male ego. <laughs> this is like the male villains discussion. Like this guy literally got beaten by a baby. Like that is the biggest mm-hmm. L. So he needs to prove yeah. himself now. Yeah, he's got to save face. Yeah. He's got to be like, I'm actually more powerful than this baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, guys, I promise. Yeah. Like, I'm super better at magic. It was just a mistake, but I fixed it now. Yeah, yeah. How does the Goblet of Fire choose champions? Swag. Vibes. <laughs> Swag all, levels. <laughs> they need to be from a different school. That's very well established. But in terms yeah, of, obviously. like... Yeah, it's just got to be vibes. It's just got to be, are they a hot girl? Do they do hot shit? Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, pure essence. <laughs> Power level. Why is the Goblet of Fire abiding contract? Why do these chil- why can't these children change their minds? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <gasps> why? It's a game. <laughs> it's not more than a game. <laughs> yeah, it's because it used to be a death match and you didn't want them wriggling out of it. <laughs> yeah, it used to be a Hunger Games style thing, you know, yeah. sacrifice. <laughs> uh-huh. Is Mad-Eye Moody an appropriate candidate for the DADA position? No. He's got x-ray eyes, paranoia and PSD, unforgivable curses. Is he safe to be around kids? Is it advisable to have him be in a position of authority over children? No, definitely not. He's also retired. No. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's a retired aura. Straight up, the reason he gets the job is because Dumbledore couldn't find anyone mm-hmm. and he started calling in favours with his old Order of the Phoenix contacts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mad-Eye Moody is not a good teacher and it's not appropriate to have him around children. Mm-hmm. It was a desperation move. Mm-hmm. Does the Ministry of Magic have the right to expel students from Hogwarts? Apparently. Yes. Yeah, apparently. Seems like it. I guess it makes sense. It's a big threat to the statue of secrecy if someone is abusing magic. So, mm. sure. That's their they entire kind of function have... for government. Yeah. <laughs> the entire function is to keep the secret. Yeah. They definitely just do have like ultimate power over everything that happens in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no like limitations of the Ministry of Magic's power. Because their entire function is to keep the secret. <laughs> yeah. Does Umbridge really have the power to enforce a lifetime ban on playing Quidditch? No. <laughs> Why does she confiscate Harry and the Weasley's twins' brooms? Because she's a cunt. Yeah. She does it because she's a cunt. Just because you can't play Quidditch doesn't mean you can't fly or lose your right to your personal property. Also, like, like she shouldn't have taken those brooms. She's... But she's doing it because she's a bitch. Yeah, she's a teacher. Like, as soon as they graduate, even if she'd been there the whole time, as soon as they graduate, she has no power over them. <laughs> yeah. Like... <laughs> She only has the power that the minister gives her. And the minister is giving her, like, unfettered power at the moment because he's crazy. But as soon as she's removed from her position, like, whatever. Harry becomes head of the Quidditch team in the next year. (laughs) Means nothing. What trauma did Dudley experience in the Dementor attack that incapacitated him? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean... Are muggles just more deeply affected by Dementors? It's... Dudley's lived like Dudley's been abused. Like it's yeah, like that's true. It's not as explicit as Harry, but certainly there's a lot of expectations on Dudley too about mm-hmm. the like Vernon puts a lot of expectations on his son, what his son needs to be, but his mm-hmm. mother coddles him and all this sort of stuff. I yeah, Dudley's got a lot of stuff to work out. Dudley's also not very bright, and that's yeah. probably something he feels quite insecure about. He's not special like Harry. Um, he has a lot of things yeah. going on. <laughs> it's not like children in abusive homes who aren't the primary target of abuse are just getting off completely scot-free. Exactly. Like, yeah. D- Dudley's Dudley... a part of the abusive system because he surveils Harry and abuses Harry, mm-hmm. but he's, he's also a, a child. You know, he's a child yeah. being raised in an abusive home. It's less explicit for Dudley than what happens to Harry, but it is still happening to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so probably just digs up a bunch of horrible shit from his childhood that he can't really address. Yeah. Did Dobby make the Harry Potter Christmas baubles? Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely, it is our time. He gets breaks or whatever that the other house elves don't. That's what he uses it for. Even if he doesn't get breaks, he's making them while he's making a soup or something. <laughs> like, yeah. multitask. Why doesn't Harry recognize Snape's handwriting? Because he doesn't pay attention. He doesn't pay attention. <laughs> he never reads the instructions that Snape puts on the board. He gets Hermione to read them aloud to him. <laughs> Harry barely gets a break in potions class. And the second he steps through the door, it's on site. It's survival. <laughs> like, he doesn't yeah. have time to actually do the lesson. <laughs> he's there just trying to get through it without getting detention. <laughs> Like a fucking gazelle hiding from a lion. He doesn't have time to concentrate. Also, the entire dungeon is constantly like full of steam and fumes and shit. Like his glasses are fogged up. He, he doesn't know. His vision's not he can't good. see. <laughs> Did Harry get hot in sixth year? Yes. yes. Canonically. Canonically, but not just physically as well. Like he's the chosen one now. Yeah. That's, he's the chosen one and of a dateable age. Yeah. Like he was already getting this kind of attention when he was 11, but it was the 11-year-old level. Now we're all teenagers. <laughs> yeah, he spent a lot of the previous year, like, working in the garden. Like, he's getting a bit toned. <laughs> <laughs> he plays so much Quidditch. He's a jock. <laughs> <laughs> Who made Grawp's suit? Grawp wears a suit to, Dumb- to Dumbledore's funeral. Hagrid hand-stitched Hagrid made it. 100%. Hagrid hand-stitches all of his own clothes. He made a big suit for his brother. 100%. How fucked is that Herm- That Hermione erases her parents' memories? Very fucked. What are the consequences of Hermione obliviating her parents? Would you obliviate your parents? No. I would not obliviate my parents. That's a crazy thing it's, that she does. It's crazy. Like, And then imagine having your memories returned to you as a mm. parent. That completely changes the entire dynamic you have with your child for the rest yeah. of your life. Like, it's like, hey, our daughter just did this to us. Yeah. The power like, imbalance took away our memories. has always been there since age 11 when Hermione found out that she was a witch and could do magical, supernatural things that her parents can't do. The power imbalance is always there. But as far as we know, this is the first time that Hermione ever turned her wand on her parents and changed something irrevocably mm-hmm. about them. That's very mm-hmm. scary. That's fucked. There's also a theory that I think has a lot of credence that she actually did it after fourth book. When Voldemort had returned and after seeing what happened to the muggles at the Quidditch World Cup at the beginning of the year, that was when she actually obliviated them and sent them away. Because after that, we never see her return to her parents. She's always around the Order of the Headquarters yeah. or the Weasley Borough. She never goes home for the holidays. Yeah, it's it could be. I do think that like she can keep a secret, but I do think that would have more of a burden on her than shows. Because mm-hmm. like she's very lonely. And I think if she, yeah. if she couldn't even go home to her parents to see them every now and then and talk to them, she would be breaking down a lot more than she was during that time. I think she mm. still did it in seventh year, the start of seventh year. Mm, I'm not sure. I think the fourth year theory has a lot of like weight to it. Because like you said, like it would be good if she could go home and talk to them, but she just doesn't. She spends every single holiday with the others. Letters. Or at Hogwarts. Like, you know, writing home to your parents, not even having that... Yeah. Like, I think it would be really isolating for her and she would be much more emotionally unstable than she was during mm. that time. What if Voldemort had won the war? Would have been bad, man. Would have sucked, bro. <laughs> would have sucked. Would have been really bad. Massive L. <laughs> a lot of terrible, terrible things would have happened to a lot of people that we care a lot about as readers. Oh, yeah. Basically, all the main characters would have been killed. Tortured yeah. and killed. Mm-hmm. Okay, do we want to end on that downer note? Those are all of our main questions, but I do have all the hypothetical questions, which we have to make shit up, and topics that we just didn't get a chance to talk about. Let's do it. Let's power through. Let's just keep going. This is going to be like a two and a half hour episode or whatever. Okay, 
So these are topics, these aren't questions that we can necessarily answer, but they're things that it would have been cool to research more and talk about at greater length. Mm-hmm. Uh, DumbledoreIsNotDead.com, that was something that I really want to talk about. Long story short, there was a website that started after the end of sixth book and ran until the beginning of the seventh book that mm-hmm. had a bunch of theories about how Dumbledore was actually alive and had survived. And there was a lot of really, really cool stuff there mm-hmm. that I would have liked to just spend an episode talking about. Mm-hmm. The theory that Dumbledore equals death. I think we've addressed this. My immortal and everything that happened there. What a fucking fascinating thing that is. Yeah. There's big YouTube videos on it. I suggest you guys yeah. watch them. Um, we'll, we'll put them in the show notes. We'll link those. Yeah. There's lots of cool stuff that you could do with all of this. Uh, the Marauders TV show. Our thoughts on it, including a fan cast. Yeah. I don't want a Marauders TV show, but it would be fun to do a fan cast. <laughs> Sure. Fat phobia and HP, it's rampant. Yeah. Religion and Harry Potter, do the books p- promote satanic re- beliefs? No. What is religion like in the wizarding world? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and also religious influences on the books, we address that as well. Merlin's beard, what did history's most admired wizard actually do? Yeah, that would have been good to talk about. Very cool. Can we talk about Regulus Black for a moment? Mm. Would have been cool to do a whole episode on him and him and Sirius as well. Mm-hmm. Petunia and Lily's relationship again. How close or estranged are the Black Sisters, Bellatrix, Narcissa, and Andromeda? More sister talk. Yeah. More sister talk. This is our sibling section, I guess. <laughs> and further, Dudley's character development. Another cool sibling episode. Mm. Unbreakable Vows. Would have been cool to unpack those. Same we did with love potions and everything. Mm-hmm. What if there was a way to remove someone's magical ability or grant a non-magical person magic? I'm taking away your bending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it changes the whole dynamic of the series. Not the whole dynamic. It changes a massive aspects of the series. It really yeah. would screw up their society in to big ways. Be able to make someone a squib, essentially, or a muggle mm-hmm. if they're a muggle-born. Yeah, it would. Like, there's no need for dementors anymore because that's the yeah. primary purpose of dementors is to remove someone's soul, which is like this empty husk now. But really, that's just taking away their magic and their power because that's what mm-hmm. that's what the cultural importance and weight is on is magic. Yeah. So if well, you that's... have the ability to take away someone's magic, but they're still a living, functioning, that's a human person, like, mm-hmm. that would have huge implications. Yeah. This is why the Dementors are the guards. It's not just because they're bad or whatever. It's because when a Dementor's around, you lose the ability to concentrate enough to do spells. Mm-hmm. That's that's why Azkaban is an effective prison. Mm-hmm. It keeps you there because you don't want to leave, because you don't have the will to leave because of the Dementors. Yeah. If you could just take away a person's magical ability, that's what they would do. Mm. They'd be like, oh, you're a criminal? Okay, I took away your magic and kicked you out into the muggle world. Yeah. And there'd be so many people that that happens unjustly to, right? Because of, of unjust laws, because they were falsely accused, like, mm-hmm. because of circumstance, it's... Yeah. yeah. It would be happening to muggle-borns left, right, and center, because uh-huh. all you need is a pure-blood supremacist mm-hmm. to get into power, and then it's like, okay, suddenly everyone who's being convicted of a crime, any crime, is a muggle-born, yeah. and we're purging them from our society. And then you've got the Korra problem, right? Just because your magic is taken away doesn't mean you can't teach someone else magic, and doesn't mean that yeah. maybe you can't give birth to a magical child in the future. Exactly. Revenge. <laughs> and... The community of people who have been ostracized from the wizarding world but still know about it in the muggle world deciding to do something about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's very cool. And also the reverse. Grant a non-magical person magic. Yeah. There would be, like, every muggle-born is going to give magic to their entire family if they find a way to do that. Yeah. 
Exactly. And there would be a huge movement against it because we're polluting the magical world with muggles. But also, if we just give all muggles magic, there are no muggles anymore. When now everyone's we in magical super, world. <laughs> no one no will one be. Will be. <laughs> Very cool. Very yeah. cool to do a whole episode on this. I want to see a fanfic uh, of that. Someone send it to yeah. us. One lore again. That would have been a cool episode. Foreign spells, specifically the Egyptian tomb curses, would have been great to talk about that. Yeah. Now's the perfect time because the Queen just died. Let's talk about British imperialism and colonialism. <laughs> Who made the mirror of Erised? Are there other mirrors? Hmm. Where the fuck did this mirror come from? We've said goblins before. Yeah, goblins. Seems like a goblin made thing. Vila being involved. It's about yeah. desire. I mean... Ooh, that's a good idea. I've definitely seen like fan fictions where there's some sort of great mirror making person and there's a bunch of other mirrors that you can look into that are all just words backwards. Mm. Like the, what would it be? Emit mirror, which is the time mirror you can sure, look into. Okay. Yeah. If I were to write a fan fiction, it would be something to do with goblins trapping Avila in there and like there's some sort of like, you know, interesting aspects to that. Is the Vila still alive? Can they ever come out? You know. Well, that sort of thing. Love that. Yeah. Like the silver of the Vila's hair being woven into the mirror. Yeah. Because it's a silver mirror. Very, Very much cool. like um, Galatea by Madeline Miller, for anyone who's read it. That sort of mm. vibe, like being trapped because of your beauty and not being able to live a full and functioning life because you're there to be admired. Great. Fuck yeah. That's such such a cool idea. Yeah. Uh, Wizarding Healing mar- Magic, a whole episode on that and disability and stuff. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do wizards approach mental health care, disabilities and physical impairments? Or oh, This is all the same sort of topic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic beasts that we could do an entire episode on like we did with Dementors and Ghosts. Bogots. Vila, unicorns, vampires, dragons. Werewolves, centaurs, mermaids, blast-ended, screwed phoenix. We could do a whole series yeah. on all of these creatures and everything about them. Mm-hmm. Should werewolves be treated equally in wizarding society? Are they dangerous? I think they're only dangerous because they're not treated equally. Yeah, but if they had equal rights and they had the ability to get wolf's bane potion, they would be less dangerous. Yeah, but that's only the invention of the wolf's bane potion, which has only been around for less than a few decades. Because Lupin's only in his 30s and it wasn't around when he was a kid. But you know what was? I don't know, <laughs> Like, you know, the, yeah. the marauders figured out a way to deal with it. You could lock mm-hmm. yourself in a room that's magically sealed so you can't get out during a full moon and hurt anyone. Yeah. There's so many ways that people could have been dealing with it over the years, and probably were over the years, mm-hmm. before Wolfsbane Potion was invented. Yeah. We definitely know that there are wizards who are integrated into regular society living with lycanthropy, because mm-hmm. the author of, like, Hairy Snout, Human Heart, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. wrote a whole treatise on it. Like, there's so many lupins out there. They're not all roaming around in packs in the wild, like Greyback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, sex. Is there sex at Hogwarts? We've done this. The ethical implications of Azkaban. Practical considerations of imprisoning a magical population. Is there a better alternative? Does the Wizarding World have a minimum security prison? What are the prisons like in other countries? Do they all use Dementors? Definitely not think... a minimum security prison. Um, no, it doesn't exist. There are <laughs> other alternatives, but they come with human rights and like concepts of justice that wizards just don't have. Yeah. Um... <laughs> We've definitely discussed that uh, Azkaban is the only place where there are Dementors. It's mm-hmm. like their home ground. So other yeah. countries don't use Dementors. Dementors and I think are we... native to Azkaban and I guess that yeah. part of the world. So it's not happening in other parts of the world. A minimum security prison, like the equivalent of that is you only get sentenced like a week in Azkaban or whatever. Mm. So it's just the same prison, but for a shorter sentence. 
And in terms of other Wizarding countries, I think the closest we're going to see is the second Fantastic Beast movie when Grindelwald's in a prison. Yeah. And he easily manages to escape that. And he's in fact in disguise as one of the guards or whatever. So like that's how effective other countries' prisons are. We see also that the American Wizarding World has the death penalty as well. So yeah. that's about it. So we- yeah, that's the best way to keep a wizard... Keep it. That's the best way to deal with a dangerous wizard is kill sure. them because they're too dangerous to keep them in prison yeah. unless you can remove their magic somehow, like with Dementors. Yeah, I really think it would depend on the wizarding population in each country. That it's yeah, applied to it, cultural because, things. Like you know, we know America has a larger population than the UK. I'm guessing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so it maybe that's does. why they're more willing to kill their wizard prisoners. You know, mm-hmm. more wizards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. The, the Britons had some pretty harsh <laughs> justice systems in the past. Like, shipped them all the way to Australia. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Oh, for our Australian series, there would have been a period of time where we got all of the criminal wizards. I don't think so. And we can talk about that in the episode. Okay. We'll come so. back to that. Yeah. But, oh, that's just something that just occurred to me. That's interesting. Mm. Uh, muggle integration into society. Why is the Wizarding World several centuries behind Muggles in some areas, but equal in others? Mm. Are there any areas where wizards, where wizards are ahead of Muggles? How are Muggleborns expected to juggle their separate worlds? Are there Muggle conspiracy theories about the magical world? Are wizards objectively better than Muggles? Are wizards and Muggles equal? Is it good and right for wizards to have power over Muggles? Why don't wizards rule over Muggles? We've talked about <laughs> a lot of this. A lot of this stuff, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. I think the reason why Wizarding Society is several cultures behind is like because they don't want to upgrade themselves. I think all upgrading of Wizarding Society comes from the integration of Muggleborns, mm-hmm. and they're heavily ostracized and their opinions aren't listened to. So yeah. it's a slow, difficult process. Yeah, 100%. Muggle conspiracy theories about the magical world is so cool because there's so many instances of like weird shit that gets yeah. suppressed by wizards. There must be so much stuff that gets missed. And, like, muggles who aren't fully obliviated who saw something. Yeah. It'd yeah. be 100%. Like, imagine you go to work and your friend that you've known for years suddenly is completely different. They don't mm-hmm. talk about the things that you used to talk about. They hardly remember anything. Mm-hmm. Like, it'd be like that episode of Doctor Who where it's, like, that little society that forms about Yeah, I was throughout. just about to mention that. Yeah, like, it's it's got to be happening. And I yeah. love to read more fan fictions that are like that. Um, yeah. That little group that's tracking the Doctor and the TARDIS across time. Yeah. But there's also things like, you know, UNIT and other big government agencies are aware of the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Like, there must be huge populations in the Muggle world that are aware of wizards and magic, but just mm-hmm. can't do anything about it. It's got to be that case. It's got to be that way. And also, here's the other thing. If the Muggle Prime Minister knows about wizards, like... It only works because he's stupid and doesn't do anything with that information. Really, he should be creating, like, a magical response unit within the government. I'd be doing that. Yeah. (laughs) I've got to assume America has that. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Whatever. (laughs) Um, Muggle integration in terms of geography. (laughs) Why is the Ministry of Magic in the middle of a Muggle city? If the Blacks were a pure-blood proud family, why did they live in the centre of Muggle London? Why do wizards live amongst Muggles? I just think Muggle spaces grew around, like, because it used to be they were shared world, right? They used to be that yeah, we used all to be a shared together. world. And then when the line was drawn, mm. these, like, big cultural spots like the Ministry of Magic, like Diagon Alley, like the Black House, were already existing there, but 
they were they were just too stubborn to move them especially yeah. a family like the blacks they're like this is our place you know we've always been here we don't care if like this becomes one of the busiest streets in london one of the biggest mm-hmm. cities in the world like this is our spot and similarly yeah, with the ministry moving. of magic there's just maybe already so much stuff there things like department of mysteries it's just difficult to move they just keep it there mm-hmm. like yeah yeah i think fundamentally there are not enough wizards to create the infrastructure that you need to support a population mm-hmm. like unless they create their own towns and cities like hogsmeade which there just aren't enough of them to do mm-hmm. like it's just so much easier to use muggle places and muggle facilities and just hide away a little pocket of it certainly when it comes to british history i think it'll be very different when we're talking about australian history because australia in mm. terms of colonization and colonial history is a much younger country mm-hmm. and so there would be a lot more opportunity for wizards yeah. to make wizard only spaces the um, statute uh, talking about like the white colonization of australia yes. because i'm not going to tr- try and be like australian didn't exist before then of course yeah. the statute of secrecy was already in place when australia was colonized so yeah. all of the places in australia that have big population centers were built post statute of secrecy yeah so it is possible to create wizarding only spaces yeah separate from muggles because that's what they, they were creating all the spaces mm-hmm. yeah uh muggle integration in terms of technology radios cars why does this stuff exist in the wizarding world it's because of muggleborns mm-hmm they're bringing it in and introducing it and making it part of the system especially people like squibs like muggleborns would bring that in the squibs would be loving it they'd be like oh Mm -hmm. fuck yeah you know yeah (laughs) this is something i can tinker with this is something i can do yeah it's so cool to me that the ministry has a fleet of cars we only see them in the third book (laughs) but like they have a fleet of cars they use to transport harry and the weasleys to hogsmeade station uh king's cross station and again, I imagine the cars are a bit out of time too. So I'm imagining like a 1920s, 1930s, Great Gatsby kind of vibe, yeah. you know? And yeah. they're like Ford Angular type cars where they have been magically modified and upgraded. Yeah. Like the only reason Mr. Weasley was doing that illegally was because he wasn't like authorized to do it. But they just do it. They have mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Very interesting. Time travel. How is it regulated? Sure. I think it's just regulated by the fact that the ministry oh, yeah. is the only one with time turners, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So they must be really hard or dangerous to create. Really it's closely like cr- guarded. And stuff like yeah. That. yeah. It's like creating your own atom bomb. Like, the average person just can't do it by themselves. They need, like, a big science lab or whatever. Yeah. The average person can make a bomb because they can Google it. Don't Google that. <laughs> You'll go yeah. on a watch list. But, like, yeah. Yeah, you can make a, a pipe bomb, but you can't make an atom bomb. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. too hard. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a whole episode on the fact the entire government shut down for an entire year to search for Sirius Black and failed. Can you imagine yeah. if the actual government did that? What the fuck? Like, we've <laughs> talked about shutting down the government to search for Sirius Black, but the fact that it failed? Yeah. Imagine if our entire country shut down to search for Ted Bundy or whatever, and that we just didn't find him. We just had to give up, because it had taken too long. <laughs> a bunch of kids found him. <laughs> found him and let him go (laughs) and nobody ever knew about it except the teacher of a local high school like what (laughs) pretty funny (laughs) so crazy (laughs) insane Uh, wizards are so bad at doing everything uh eugenics episode how does blood purity work does it pure blood actually matter is maintaining a pure bloodline sustainable is magical potency related to blood does magical potency dilute yeah would have been interesting to talk about but hard (laughs) yeah I've also read things that, like, I always assume that to be a pure blood, you have to be a pure blood, like, going back to the beginning of time or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've heard people say, like, if two half-bloods marry, then their child is a pure blood. I'm like, I don't think that's how racism works, babe. Yeah. I don't think it's a math equation. Because, like, 
it's also like not how genetics works right yeah because you, like i am 50 percent of mom and 50 percent of dad and then uh-huh. mom is 50 percent of her mom and 50 percent of her dad but yeah. i'm not like 25 percent of my grandmother and 25 percent of my grandfather i might be like 15 percent of my grandmother and 30 percent of my grandfather because ge- the genetics doesn't like yeah <laughs> you know uh, I kind of follow what you said, but that was a lot of numbers and I got confused quickly. <laughs> I've just heard, I've heard people say on other podcasts and stuff that yeah. a pure blood is a person who has two magical parents. So like Hermione and Ron's children mm. would be, oh, sorry, not two magical parents, four magical grandparents. Okay. So, uh, Ron has four magical grandparents, but then he marries Hermione. So his children are going to be half blood because yeah. half of their grandparents are um muggles hermione's yeah. parents yeah, makes sense. but then but harry no not harry's grandkids because he's got a muggle born so albus severus and that generation their kids would be pure blood again because albus severus and his partner who's magical and then lily and Ginny, harry and Ginny, blah 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 do you understand what i'm saying <laughs> i'm explaining it so fucking uh... terribly i got so confused and i mixed up all the names all also, all... I swapped from Harry and I've swapped from Hermione and Ron to Harry and Ginny midway through the explanation for some fucking reason. All in all, uh, magical pure bloodism is not sustainable. Like we're we're gonna be mixing with like they're gonna be mixing yeah. with muggles, and it's like it's just gonna be spreading out. Like that's fine, and that's good. Also, <laughs> incest and interbreeding is already happening in canon. There's not enough people. You can't do it. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, stop with the incest. Mm. Um, and it's very world family of you. <laughs> Racism's never based on anything. Whatever. Yeah. Pure blood interbreeding, how closely related to the Sacred 28. Obviously, we're just building off those ideas. Just like the monarchy. Yeah. Wizarding fashion, do robes have styles? Dumbledore's fashion, purple suits and high-heeled boots. What is magical makeup like? Why can't wizards understand muggle clothes? Are muggle fashion looks adapted from the ensembles of clueless wizards trying to blend in our robes worn worldwide? I wish we could have talked about this more, to be honest. This would have been something yeah. I would have slayed at. Um, this would have been a great, great, really interesting episode. Yeah. Damn. Anyway. Mm. What was the first Voldemort war like? How did it shape the wizarding world we see in the books? It would have been very cool to trace back a bunch of stuff that happens in the books to where it originated from mm-hmm. in the Voldemort war. Mm-hmm. And things that were around like before then as well. Yeah. Oh, things that changed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, ethical concerns of obliviating muggles. We've talked about this. What are the societal implications of wizards having a longer lifespan than muggles? We've talked about this a couple of times. Yeah. Um, doesn't make sense they marry so young doesn't they'd be like hobbits. it doesn't yeah like, yeah exactly <laughs> like Frodo until they're like in their 30s or 35 or something like that yeah 33 is when you become an adult for hobbits yeah that makes sense in in lord of the rings yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy yeah we've talked about this the only reason everyone got married so young young for wizarding okay everybody gets married so young in harry's parents generation because there's a war on yeah baby boomers yeah Yeah. and the same for harry's generation it's because they were all teenagers during a war they got married right Mm. afterwards yeah but previous generations of wizards really shouldn't be getting married till they're in like their 50s or 60s because their life spans are so much longer yeah you would just do things slower the the average lifespan is like 150 right Dumbledore is I think 150 and he's still headmaster of a school yeah so it's not like anyone's like you have to retire because you're 200 years old okay some people are calling for his retirement so he must be up there but I think he's probably the equivalent of like 70s or 80s so like let's say 180 is like the average yeah 
Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I think it's just Hobbit it's twice like us. So like, and wizards could live to yeah. two hundred. Yeah, like hundred percent. They should be in school till they're fifty. Like they yeah. should start school when they're eleven or twelve, whatever. Be in school till they're fifty because the amount of people that are graduating without being able to do a shield charm anyway, fuck. Mm. Like seven years isn't enough, clearly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wild. It's wild that wizards' lives seem to mirror the time span of muggle lives. Yeah. When they shouldn't. Everything should be taking at least twice as long. They should be in school until their 20s. Yeah. Not getting jobs till they're in their 30s. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe they even have, like, you know, colleges. Or the concept of, like, practical application of all that magic you learn in school into a profession that you might want to do. Apprenticeships, you know? Yeah. But wizards come at age at 17. Younger than muggles. It's crazy. It's arrogance. Yeah. They think they're better. It's they think they're better. That. That's yeah. it comes back everything comes back to that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> uh travel. How do wizards travel internationally? Is the oh, wait, flu sorry, network I just international? Want to go back to something with the, the aging thing. Yeah, go. Fertility. Because like the mm. older we get as humans, the less fertile we get. And that's yeah. not just women, that's men. Like what about wizards? What, is it the same for them? Because <laughs> if they live longer, maybe they can still keep having babies at age 80, right? Actually, if they're only fertile for the same amount of time as muggles approximately, that might explain why they marry and have kids so young. Maybe. If, if like, let's just say women. If women are going through menopause when they're like 40 or 50 or whatever... Mm-hmm then that's why they're all having kids in their 20s. Because, yeah, you might live to 200, but your, like, child-rearing years are the beginning of your life. And then when you're 150, you can do whatever the fuck you want. But you can't have kids at that age. (laughs) That's weird. It's very weird and strange, and it shouldn't be like that. But it does explain everything. It does explain everything. That's why everyone marries and gets have kids so young. Fertility, that's the reason. But why there are people who are seemingly very, very old in a bunch of regular positions, like in the government or whatever. Yeah. It's because actually they're not that old by wizarding standards. They just seem old. Mm-hmm. But all of the young people are busy marrying and having kids and stuff. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's <laughs> stupid because obviously it came out of JK's mind. Yeah. But very interesting. Interesting in terms of world, world building. Yeah. Okay. Travel, how do wizards travel internationally? Is the flu network international? Is there a maximum apparition distance? Can port keys travel internationally? Is it legal to fly between countries? How does the Durmstrang ship work? I think we've talked about most of this. We've talked about a lot of this sort of stuff, yeah. Flu network is definitely not international. There is a maximum distance for apparition. I think port keys can be international. I think that happens in Fantastic Beasts, but I assume it's got to be a different kind of port key. Maybe a little bit illegal, yeah. It should be illegal to fly between countries on brooms. Uh, but w- we've got records of wizards doing it, so maybe it's not. I think it depends on the countries. Like, some countries have a harder border than others. Yeah. Um, in the, in the mm. real world, that is. And yeah. with the Durmstrang shimp, underwater wormholes. Atlantis, baby. You know? Yeah. It's going around. <laughs> it's the same as how the fantastic... Fantastic squid. Same as how the great... What's it called? The giant squid got into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> now the giant squid was put there by Dumbledore, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but using underwater wormholes. <laughs> um, last question was, do any of Grindelwald's plans make sense? Okay. So our final section here is hypothetical questions. These are the yeah. ones that come in straight from our brain, baby. Let's go. What would your version of the Dark Mark be? Oh, okay. You go first. 
oh fuck I don't have anything good I definitely like the idea of a tattoo on the skin in terms of that's a cool shit to have yeah. but it's stupid because it's such an easy way to identify any of my followers yeah good one yeah I don't want to carve my symbol onto my followers skin because then if they get caught it's super obvious they're my followers that's so stupid Oh, maybe maybe, incorporate... maybe a piece of jewelry they have to wear mm. Mm. it's I, not perfect I might incorporate something with parcel tongue like yeah because I can speak it as Voldemort mm-hmm. and like I would maybe try and like teach my followers like some very key specific words and phrases that they have to memorize yeah. and use and they like do some sort of spell I don't know mm-hmm. yeah so let's talk about the function of the dark mark yeah it's to summon my followers and for my followers to summon me yeah to identify them because previously all of my followers wore masks and were anonymous and i was the only one who knew they were mm-hmm. so it was to identify amongst themselves while still being anonymous mm-hmm. um i've got to assume there's some kind of binding element like yeah. it physically binds them to you so they can't betray you without you being able to track them mm-hmm yeah is that everything the dark mark does yeah yeah okay i've got the identifying part with the parcel tongue you know Mm -hmm. you can say a password but it's the the binding part the Um, binding part i was thinking a piece of jewelry or something but they can discard that maybe they'll have to have snakes (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. maybe some kind of piercing or something like mm. putting something inside their bodies, like a chip. Yeah, something <laughs> like I'm... a microchip, like a doll. Because I don't want it to be a tattoo, because like, you can find that on someone, you know. Yeah, unless they cover it with makeup. <laughs> but, I you think know, I yeah. want something under the skin. Something under the skin, definitely. Yeah, or maybe yeah. fucking an unbreakable vow. Make them all mm. serve it. Um, swear an unbreakable vow to serve me loyally. Mm. Hmm. There's other ways. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> How would you deal with the curse on the DADA position? I'd simply tolerate it, bruv. <laughs> I would simply overcome it. <laughs> Here's how I get rid of it. Um, I get rid of the DADA subject and I integrate DADA into all the other subjects. Hmm. So now Herbology, Magical Creatures, Transfiguration, Chant, whatever. They all have a section which is the dark arts of that branch of magic and how okay. to deal with it. I would uh, do it in an easier way. I would change the name of the subject. Um, Clever. I'd That's call it smarter. protection against bad magic. That's what it's called now. <laughs> bad icky magic. I'm the protection. Well, let me just do the letters. Protection against bad magic. Pabum teacher. The Pabum teacher. That's what I mm. am. Another <laughs> solution is you timeshare that role. So oh, yeah. you hire like two teachers, and they go year on year off. Oh yeah, That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Would the Harry Potter series be better if Hermione was the protagonist? No. no. It would be different, but not necessarily better. Mm-hmm. What would you do if you were an animated preteen girl's diary? <laughs> <laughs> convince her to follow her dreams. Yeah, I would. I would convince her to follow her dreams. I would convince her to absolutely slay. I could turn her into an intersectional feminist. Um, yeah. Pass on all of my wisdom. Oh, yeah. You know, I often think about that, like, what I would say to my, like, young self. First of all, shut the fuck up would would be the first thing I'd say. Yeah. Um. Stop trying to prove that you are the smartest person in the room and just shut up and let other people talk. Yeah. You will be much more well-liked and happier as a person. Another great piece of advice. Don't. Don't. (laughs) Just don't. Don't. (laughs) Number one, don't care what anyone thinks about you. Mm. But all these people, they're dust. They mean nothing. Number two, you're gay. <laughs> you're gay. 
girly pop. <laughs> uh, yeah, just encourage her to follow her dreams. Um, absolutely give her all the answers to all of her tests because yeah. that's funny as hell. Um, <laughs> I was going to say tell her to give the diary to her enemies so I can fuck with them. <laughs> that's great as well. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah. Just be like, put me back in Lucius Malfoy's pocket. I want to fucking mess with this guy. No, I think I'd tell her to like pass it on to someone that she thinks needs it when she's ready. You know, like when yeah. she's old enough, when she's reached a stage where she's like, you know, I'm, I'm my own person now. I'm a fully grown, fully formed woman. Like, I'm gonna pass this on to someone that I think could use it, and they pass it mm-hmm. on to that little girl, and I just, you know, spend my days influencing the minds of the youth like Socrates. But hell's yeah. Don't tell any adults about me. This is yeah. exclusively like a preteen girl thing. Sisterhood of the Traveling Diary. Diary. Yes, yes, of course. Perfect. I love that both of us decided that we weren't evil and weren't trying to come back to life. We're like, <laughs> let's just influence this girl. No. Yeah. <laughs> how would you kill the boy who lived? We've done how would you kidnap him? How would you kill him? Brick to the back of the head. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. You know, coward's yeah. punch is always a good one. Um, Easy. Yeah, I think poison. He eats a lot of stuff. Yeah, like he he's, does ne- eat. he's never watching what he eats, you know? Trickle no. tart, bit of poison in there. Done. Mm-hmm. I definitely think get him when he's at his cousin and aunt's house. Why did I say his cousin's house? <laughs> when he's at his muggle's house. <laughs> like, I think he's just... I know he's watched, but I think he's much less watched when he's there. That's the winning move. If you can find that place. Mm, yeah. I reckon just, yeah, get house elf to smother him in his sleep or something, you know? Seriously. Yeah. Send it. House Elf Assassin is a great idea because yeah. they can move through all wizarding protections. Wizards yeah. don't notice them. They can poison his food. They can smother yeah. him. They can make him slip in the bathroom. You know, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. House Elf Assassin, perfect. Yeah. If you could have saved any character from death, who would it have been? <sighs> this is tricky. Mm. It's, the, look, there's good answers in terms of characters that i like and that i wanted to survive because i feel bad that they died like fred he stands out but characters whose presence would have altered the course of the story is also very good i i'd like to think about regulus black i think for a second yeah oh so good so good first of all i do love that his death brings a lot of meaning like he died Mm -hmm. for something and no one knew and i think that's very noble and i think it's a very cool poetic part of the story but if he survived, it would have been cooler. <laughs> like, you know, because yeah. then he could have been fighting Voldemort this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's great Slytherin representation. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he could have been, like, living like... I imagine, like, a hermit, you know? Like, he's trying yeah. to, like, hide, but also fight and all this sort of stuff. Could have been a great ally. Very cool. Yeah. I've seen, like, pictures for an alternate um, Harry Potter series where Regulus Black is the potions teacher, not Snape. Interesting. And he's our good Slytherin in the series. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, so here's our scenario. Uh, the whole scene with Creature and Regulus in the cave happens the way it does, except instead of him being pulled under the water and Creature disapparates, Creature grabs him and then they apparate back to the Black House. Yeah. Creature saves him somehow. And then Regulus figures out a way to destroy that Horcrux, but Voldemort's still alive. Mm-hmm. So this means he doesn't just have one Horcrux, he has multiple. And mm-hmm. now Regulus Black commits his life to mm-hmm. finding and destroying all of yeah Voldemort's Horcruxes but he also has to leave his old life behind like yeah or maybe he, goes he has on the to run. go deep undercover I don't mm-hmm. know it's tricky yeah. so imagine by the time Harry rolls around and it's time for him to do the Horcrux hunt there's only like one or two left yeah. they would be Nagini himself 
and then maybe one other one that Regulus Black couldn't find. Sure. But on the hunt, he finds Regulus and gets the whole story of his life. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting, cool. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, my answer was going to be, like, maybe Sirius, but I don't know how much would have changed if Sirius was around. I guess he would have gone on the Horcrux hunt with them, unless he was too unstable, and they left him mm. with Re- Lupin. But I think Cedric is a good answer as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how different is that if Harry comes back with a witness, and, yeah. like, somebody with credibility... Because Cedric's not an insane maniac who's doing things for attention. His father's got a very high position in the Ministry of Magic. He's from a well-respected, pure-blood family. Mm -hmm. The whole fifth book plays out differently. If Harry has got someone in his corner backing up everything that he said, their stories match perfectly. Yeah. Very interesting. That would be cool. That's a a cool story as well. Mm Okay. Okay. Um, love that neither of us said Dumbledore. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that. How would you modernize Hogwarts? Pens. Pens, yeah, stationary. (laughs) No parchment. Fuck that. Internet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, you've said before that... Well, I think we've both said it before. The only reason why electronics is are incompatible with magic is because muggles haven't... Wizards haven't figured out how to do it yet. No, I've said it's a social thing. Like, radios yeah. exist. Like, yeah, exactly. A, like, it's just, it's purely bias. It's purely prejudice. Yeah. They haven't done it yet because they don't want to. Yeah. Because they want to be different from muggles. Yeah. But, like, just figure it out, babes. Yeah. Just <laughs> Solve the problem. Improvise it up to the calm. yeah. Also, I'd love to get rid of these robes. <laughs> Pants. Yeah. Look. Clots? Pantsuits? <laughs> <laughs> they still got to wear, like, fancy, preppy British boarding school uniforms. Because <laughs> that's very funny. Gonna when they the... go in... No, swagger sticks. We should bring in the swagger <laughs> sticks. <laughs> sticks. They can beat on each other with them. Perfect. One stick for Hitton, one stick for Carson. Don't get them mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Uh, turn their wands into big clubs. They can whack each other. Hells yeah. Uh, oh. Technology, specifically in terms of, like, communication, news, and journalism... Like, social media, hilarious to introduce all of that to the wizarding world. They just don't have the brains for it. Like, muggles barely have the brains to keep up with social media. It's poisoning us. You know, actually, I think the biggest modernization I'd give to Hogwarts is, um, no heart system. That's a big one. We've talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Get rid of the house system. Mm -hmm. Get rid of the racism, babes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we've kind of talked about this. What if we could create squibs? Is it better to take away someone's magic or send them to Azkaban? Hmm. Definitely better to take away their magic. It depends on what happens to them afterwards. Mm, yeah. And also better for who? The individual or for society at large? Better for I me, think... the reader. <laughs> it's more I think the Azkaban system, for all of its flaws, is kind of good. Oof. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> it's good for, like, the elements of society, like the Bellatrix Lestranges. I don't think, like, the Hagrids of the world who keep Acromantulas in their yard should be sent to Azkaban. This is one situation where I think capital punishment of the death penalty is more ethical than Azkaban. Oh, <laughs> like, absolutely so it's more ethical. Bellatrix but... strangers, just kill them, Basti. Like, yeah. just put them to death. That's much more ethical than what you do to them in there. It absolutely is more ethical than Azkaban, <laughs> but the death penalty has its own ethical concerns. Yeah. We know there's false imprisonments. Like, it happens. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, they don't 
look at memories and shit like that you know yeah they I think should. if they were considering a death penalty they should look at memories and they should do every measure that they can do to make sure this person is guilty yeah they should just be better at their jobs <laughs> exactly it's not that hard <laughs> what if after dumbledore's death hogwarts has clo- had closed as a school and instead been used as a fortress slash resistance headquarters a very wild. common idea in fan fiction yeah. that hogwarts becomes the center of the resistance and it dev- it devolves into an all-out war yeah, you know, child soldiers are interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool idea. If only someone had written a book. <laughs> if only someone had written a yeah. book. Yeah, if only someone had expanded on this in a fan fiction. Yeah. I think that's a very cool idea. It would have been a very different series, but I would have enjoyed it a lot more than Harry, Ron, and Hermione go on a depressing camping trip for a whole book. Yeah, and then parents send their children back to a Death Eaters run Hogwarts. <laughs> like, yeah. come on. Wild that... Wild that it's so insane that the way that wizards fight wars is just by continuing, like keep calm Business and carry usual, on. Yeah. They just go about everything, but like knowing that a war is happening, crazy. It's not the Blitz, love. It's it's like it's your neighbors. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> oh. What if Harry had been Harriet? Would the series have been different with a female protagonist? Yeah, it would have. Would've it would have been very different. <laughs> Uh, is it reasonable to kill all wizards? <laughs> you were just batting for the death penalty. <laughs> uh, we have talked about this in terms of what, what about the muggles find out and mm-hmm. lots of stuff. It's not reasonable. Um, no, it's not reasonable. It's tempting. <laughs> tempting. I think it is. I think it definitely would be like a reaction that muggles have. Like we should yeah. just wipe them out. But realistically, the benefits of magical people and like the things that they can yeah. do is it's too great to get rid of. It's yeah. too, they're too valuable. Who is the best character for Harry to have ended up with romantically? This is just a sink or float episode. I think yeah. Luna, but Ginny is a great choice as well. Yeah, I look single. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what if Harry was a squib? Yeah, this that's so been interesting to me. Funny. Because I think, I think I think he still would have defeated Voldemort yeah. because that was about Lily's protection. <laughs> it was about that prophecy and he would contain powers that Voldemort knows not. Mm-hmm. Like it's just squib powers, man. It's just brick to the back of the head. Cowers punch. Like, you know, he'd find yeah. another way to defeat A Voldemort gun. because it was <laughs> prophesized. He'd still do it. <laughs> so we don't know well, I think most of the time we don't know that people as people are squibs when they are first born. Mm-hmm. Because Neville's family was worried about him being a squib well into him being a toddler. Yeah. So it's very, very possible that everything would have played out the same. Lily and James would still have gone into hiding. Harry would have been riding around with a little broomstick toy and they didn't know he was a squib. And Voldemort Mm -hmm. shows up to kill him. Lily sacrificed herself and a squib defeated Voldemort. Yeah. Very different series because they don't take him to Hogwarts. But Dumbledore's like, well, he's still the, the precious boy who will defeat Voldemort. So I've got to do something with him. Yeah, but he'd probably put him in Hogwarts. He'd have to keep him somewhere. And yeah. like, um, the Dursleys might be less mean to Harry because Harry's not doing any wild magic. Like, they'd still abuse him because they hate him, but mm-hmm. it'd be less mean. <laughs> Harry wouldn't get into as much trouble at school except for what Dudley puts him up to. Um, be interesting. Yeah, there is. I've also read fan fictions that do takes on this, where like everything in the series played out the same, except when they go on their Horcrux hunt, it's Hermione and and Ron and a bunch of other people and they just find Squib Harry who's like 17 years old and has been living in the muggle world the whole time 
oh, and then man. they just go and, and defeat Voldemort together. It's fucking great. Great cool. little story. <laughs> I'm gonna be dropping fanfix links in the episode description for this one. Yeah. Is it possible to use a time turner to stop Voldemort? Mm, no. No. Time turners don't let you change the past, they just let you visit it. Also, it's you have to go back so many years. Like, you have to go happening. back so far. You can't. You gotta go back to before he did his first Horcrux, which was when he was like a teenager. Yeah, no. Yeah, you gotta go back so far. You gotta wind that thing like a 10,000 times or whatever. <laughs> Could Voldemort have won the war if he hadn't been so obsessed with Harry? Is yes. it better to ignore Harry or kill him ASAP? Look, I don't think Voldemort could have won because Harry would ultimately have defeated him. That's prophesized. Yeah, prophesized. But he could have gotten a lot farther in the war. He could have done mm-hmm. a lot more damage if he mm-hmm. just let go of his petty feud. <laughs> let go of this thing with Harry. The big thing is that Harry's protections protect him from Voldemort specifically. Yeah. So if Voldemort was like, bring me this boy dead, not alive. Yeah. Done. Like, any of the Snatchers or, like, any of the Death Eaters could have killed Harry. Harry's not protected from them. Yeah, House of Assassin, baby. Like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what if Dumbledore had allowed Voldemort to teach? I think he, he still would have gone off the rails and yeah. become an evil person. Like, We've he was already too far influence. gone. A lot more power. Yeah. He was already gathering followers and shit and yeah. already making Horcruxes. Like, he knew what he was about. Him yeah. getting what he wanted and being a Hogwarts teacher would not have been enough to take him off the path he was on. No, he would it just would have been different. The of the year. Yeah. yeah. He still would have ended up making a bid for power. It just would have been in a more legitimate, well-grounded way rather than his terrorist cell. Mm-hmm. How would you reveal to your godson that you were falsely accused of his parents' murder? <laughs> We've talked about how Sirius goes about this in the most insane way, but what do you do? Send him a letter? <laughs> Yeah, look, I'd probably want to go to him with someone he trusts, so I'd probably go to Lupin first and get Lupin and me to go to him and have a big discussion. In a normal setting, not in a frantic life situation, like life or death Uh situation, in a very comfortable, prepared way. I don't know, like, it'd have to be totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question. Was Sirius ever planning to explain that to Harry? Because I don't think he was. <laughs> no, he was planning I think to he... kill that rat. Yeah. <laughs> His plan was kill the rat, sin missing, live happily ever after. I don't think he ever <laughs> intended to reconnect with Harry or Lupin. Like, he burned that life. It was gone in his head. I think, like, once he escaped, he realized that he could see Harry and Lupin. And that's what he was doing as a dog, you know, watching yeah. the footage games. Like, he was trying to connect to that part of himself that wanted to be happy and safe. But I don't think he ever saw that as a future for himself. No. Like, you know, he wanted to have a see if Harry's okay. And he got to see that. And he got to see Harry fly. Mm-hmm. But he knew as soon as he kills that rat, scene missing, I'm probably going to die. Or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, look, if he'd been thinking clearly, like you said, approach Lupin is the way to go. Yeah. So he he has that photo, or he should have had that photo of the newspaper. I guess it might have gotten wet in the water or whatever. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> write a letter to Lupin. Explain the situation. Mm-hmm. Try to reason with Lupin. It's risky because Lupin might hand you over to the gods, but, like, everything the they've been through together, like, yeah. he... It, Lupin is the only person in the world who might believe you. Yeah. Reach out to Lupin and be like, I know that Pettigrew is alive. If we can catch him, I can prove my innocence. Then talk to Harry after that has happened. You don't need to prove shit to Harry. But obviously Sirius wasn't thinking clearly (laughs) and he didn't want to prove 
He did not want to prove that he was innocent. What he wanted to do was kill that rat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one is a big one, so I don't know if we'll really be able to talk about it. But we always wanted to do a versus episode, which was how do you run Hogwarts? Where one of us tries to run Hogwarts effectively like a good school, and the other one tries to run it like an insane circus into the ground. Yeah. I think that would have been a great episode. That would have been like a good episode to end the entire series on. Yeah. That's the list, babes. That's it. <laughs> That's wow. everything. That's wow. all the topics that we might do- might have done, or all of the ones that we hadn't already addressed that I thought we could spin out into something that's got a whole episode of meat behind it. Wow, you know what? What a last couple of years! What a time! Uh, you know, <laughs> what a lady! What a night! It's <laughs> wild. What this podcast could have been if we just kept going for another few years. No, I don't. No. <laughs> Can't do it. Yeah, we can't do it, but there was so much content that we could have covered. Uh, this episode has been two hours long, and I suspect it will be largely unlistenable. <laughs> well, I've been Jem, and I hope you enjoyed us burning through these topics as quickly as possible. But we did it. <laughs> we answered all the unanswered questions. We are the 100% true, factual resource and canonical evidence of the Harry Potter series. Tell your friends, refer us to everyone, use us as a footnote in your essays. <laughs> I've been Rhea, second all that. I just, the fact that you just said we, we've answered all the questions, that was always the slogan of our podcast, answering yeah. the unanswered questions of Harry Potter. It's fucking wild that we actually decided to do that before we ended the show. Just, like, just to be clear, we're not ending it yet. We still have a couple no. more episodes, um, but they're yes. very much hypothetical, us working with our own ideas and creating new stuff. It's not canonical, so... I've been yeah. Rhea. The end of this podcast will be us working through our Australian Magical Society and School miniseries, <laughs> and then I think one wrap-up episode, and then that's it, babes. This is the last time we are actually answering the unanswered questions of the Harry Potter series. Yeah, it's been a good run. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.